of breath at this bit, which completely defeats the purpose of the noise reduction, which is supposed to be to get the bass level. You're not going uh, underwater. What? You're not going underwater. Yeah, but it's like, you know, because it's like, can I get like 15 seconds of silence to like try and kind of get a, a noise profile? And then it's like, there's just something about that where like, I stop breathing, even though I shouldn't. So anyway, it is June the 16th. 2018, I almost said 2019, I've jumped forward mm. a year. Uh, this is Raptors in the Kitchen, I am Paco Rodriguez, I'm joined by Tommy Bass Hello. and Neil McCullough. Hello. Uh, and I'm going to project more this week. <laughs> I, I mean, that's not really going to help too much though, because like we're not using the omnidirectional microphones, you're now on Skype, so you can just... Still going to fucking do it, right? Right, fair <laughs> enough. I suppose get in the habit, I guess. Uh, put your phone voice on. Pretend you work for Sky or something, and you're trying to sell us some shit we don't need. What t-shirt are you wearing, Neil? I am wearing a vintage Edge t-shirt. Sweet. And Sweet. Is that a can of Lucaseed in the background? No, that is... Oh, wait, that, yeah. uh, that's yes. a bottle of Iron Brew. That is a can of Lucaseed, yes. Man, I didn't even know Lucaseed came in cans. Uh, you always just used no, to... It's always came in cans. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just not used to seeing it. I thought that was an old thing. There you go. Been saying that. There's Jake Lucasade have got way too many flavors. I'm no, I know because they're all good. Like a okay. The I don't think they've got way too many flavors. They've maybe got one too many flavor, which is Lucasade Zero, mm. which is our diet Lucasade with no sugar. I guess and actually the purpose. Yeah, you're kind of right. But they've also done, started this wanky thing where it's like Lucasade water. Where it's just like water with glucose in it or something. Uh, oh, is which, that just like an extension of Lucasade Sport? Kinda. I mean, but I, I like Lucasade Sport. Really. Yeah, I like Sport. The idea. I like, of, I like the blue the, one. The water yeah. thing just seems like it kind of defeats the purpose a bit again as well. I haven't had Lucasade in a while. I used I used to really like orange. I I'm even one of these people that like the, the original Lucasade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never really. Oh, original Lucasade is amazing. I like it. Uh, I, I really I like, like the tropical one. I really I like the. Like I really like the pink lemonade one. That one's quite good. Which yeah, comes in a, a bright pink bottle. Yeah. Uh, I had the, the cherry ones, all right as well. The, the other week that I actually had a bottle of that. Uh, I was on the bus on my way home from work. And I had my fucking headphones in, and uh, this woman sits next to us, and I feel her kind of tapping my arm, and uh, I took my headphones out, like, you know, ready for it to be complete bullshit coming out of her mouth, because it's never anything important, and she went, that stuff's really delicious, isn't it? I just fucking looked at her, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you want to start up a conversation about fucking lemonade lucasade? Like, uh, I mean, like, that's what I was thinking, I didn't say that, obviously, I was like... Yeah. Did you? I was like, did you go? Yes, it is. And then just slowly. Yeah, I, I went. I went. Yes, yeah, it's, oh, it's really yeah. good. And then put my fucking like exaggeratedly put oh, my headphone amazing. back in. That's exactly. And what then, you then done. but then she fucking tapped me again. And started just oh. trying to have conversations about everything. And then I was like, was she like an older woman? She was like, I would say like mid forties to fifty. Right, because I was gonna say, was she uh, a woman where back in the like when folk used to just talk on the bus before phones and stuff like that, and she's maybe stuck like, in that mentality where oh, she wants someone to have a chat with. See, last week when I was get, waiting on the bus to come to your house, mm. um, I was just standing there, I had my headphones in, playing my phone. This wee jakey old guy walks up, stands next to me, and just wide-eyed Hold glares on. at me. Hold on. Did the jakey old guy have blue-tinted glasses and a walking stick? No. Right. No. Because that guy fucking stalks me. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what time I'm going to work, 
He's always at the fucking bus stop. Oh yeah. He was there this morning at mm-hmm. five o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. And like he got to the point where he, he recognises me clearly and he knows that I don't want to speak to him, especially that time in the morning, because he's also a dickhead. Like I've seen women who I know for a fact like get off at the same stop I do, but because he started pestering them, they get off the bus early to catch the right. next bus along and stuff. He's just a fucking complete yeah, chore of a person. I've seen that guy. Uh, but like he started calling me like, oh, here comes Mr. Grumpy and that. It's like, what part do you not fucking realise that I just do not want to speak to strangers? Like, fuck the fuck off, man. No, but you get that. You get folk, you even get, you get some guys as well that are a group of, that, that might be in a pub and then because you don't want to speak to them, you're the problem. Uh, as opposed uh, to just saying, just minding their own business. Like, oh, there's Mr. Grumpy, don't want to talk to me today. You get on the bus as well. That, he, that he, guy, still, he still continues, that guy, like as well, he'd be like, oh, you just missed a number nine. It's like, I know I saw it. And then it's yeah, like, you're sitting in the bus yeah. stop, he's like, here comes another number nine. I know, I'm like, I can fucking see I know. you shut up. I don't want to speak I to know, you, like, man. That guy, Is it possible away? this man has some mental deficiencies? No, he's just a fucking goon. This guy... Have this... you considered cutting his throat? <laughs> Jesus, no. Uh, For the record, you're on well. Yeah, but that that guy though, man. I like. I remember when the He's new. So irritating. I remember the new one pound coins came out, and he felt the need to tell everybody at the bus stop, "New pound coins starts today." Like, just folk yeah. would walk up. He told me, and then he and then he went on the bus and fucking announced the bus like he's the town crier or some yeah. shit. It's like, man, like I get that maybe he's lonely and just wants to talk to folk, but at the same time, fuck off. Be, have some manners about it. See if someone doesn't want to talk to you. Don't start calling them names. You know what I mean? But it's got to the point where, like, even just the sight of them, like, gets me irritated. Because uh, like I, I, I you know it's yeah, going to be a shite time. No I, I was what. on the bus home again a couple of days ago, and I saw him, like, now where, like, the old Odeon was in Renfrew Street, like, Field Street even. He was just, like, kind of wandering around there. And, like, you know, I, I knew for a fact I was going to go buy him on the bus and there was never going to be any interaction. But I still couldn't stop frowning just when I saw him. It was, like... Yeah. Uh, have you considered um, when you get to the, knowing that he's there when you go to the bus stop like like taking out your headphones and playing dubstep but turning it up really loud on the phone so that when he tries to talk to you you just keep going up and up and be like blah 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 and then when the bus comes you can then return to the headphones because it means Tommy, you mate, stop the conversation it's, it's an admirable thing that you kind of think I listen to dubstep at 5am but uh, I will tell you that that is too early for dubstep. Wow, I never thought it was too early for dubstep for you. Anyway, man, I know you love that shit. Also, who the fuck listens to dubstep anymore? He does. Hey, for the audience, <laughs> I'm raising my hand in the air. <laughs> he goes fucking ape shit when a really good dubstep thing happens on like a video or like a YouTube video. Yeah, like the when bit it, when it when it even, happens, even though just, you should really, really dubstep or, or is it maybe just not EDM? It's dubstep. It's dubstep. Uh, even like the the most basic bullshit dubstep, like a uh, in Deadpool two, like they played Skrillex's Bangarang, which like could not be the more basic fucking dubstep song. You know that, that's it. That's like the yeah. for people who don't know dubstep, that is the song. Yeah. Uh, but even when that came on, just because it was dubstep, I was like fucking loving it. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's been times normal. when we might be enjoying a few refreshments, and this was years. Not weeks, years this, after yeah. G.I. Joe, Rise of, uh, not Rise of Cobra, the Retaliation, the second one. Yeah, that, that where, where I would aye, put on the Glitch version aye, of Seven Nation Army. Aye, because that was on the trailer, and it is a banger, but just every now and then it gets put on the list. And I remember, like, there one, we go, man. Well, hey, one time in particular, like, I think you had put on like some fucking 80s bullshit, like, 
I don't know, in excess or something. What's wrong and then, with like, that? I- immediately afterwards, I put on VIP Johnny, <laughs> like, uh, lessons in dubstep tutorials. Mm. And it's like, within seconds, Tommy's face was just fucking tripping and he left the room. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I go to the toilet or was I getting... I think I, I might be getting another drink. I, I, been, I would have just been killing time, but I, w- I would have returned to the room. I wouldn't have cancelled the night just because I came on. That'd be harsh. Uh, Aye. Right. So anyway, so we talk movie about news, am I right? Yeah, well... <clears throat> Is there any? <laughs> uh, there's some. Um, Apple uh, are in talks to release um, Cartoon Saloon Studios' first feature. So Apple are keen to get into the movie business. Uh, they've already got a couple of shows which haven't aired yet but are in production. Um, so I'd imagine they'll be having a streaming site, much like Netflix and that. But uh, I never heard of Cartoon uh, uh, Saloon Studios um, Breadwinner that's it's an animated it's an animated show oh so. is that? that the one about the Afghan <clears throat> kid <clears throat> I've no um, idea man. that's what I'm saying I, I've not heard of any of this Secret of Kells yeah I, I know the studio um, Breadwinner just came out like a couple of weeks ago it's yeah good. is yeah. Secret of Kell anything to do with Keenan and Kell no, no but, it's but an I, Irish thing. Yeah, but I can confirm Kel is not dead. A lot of folk think Kel's dead, he's not dead. Um Ewan McGregor is to star as adult Danny Torrance in the shining sequel Doctor Sleep. Have you any I, I read it? I read the Wikipedia plot <clears throat> synopsis of Doctor Sleep a wee while ago, uh, yeah. not recently. So hold on, and hold on. I, is this written by Stephen King? Yes. Yeah, I, it's a proper sequel. And I remember it sounding Bonkers. Well, Neil, I'm going to refresh you with that synopsis just now. Oh, yeah. Again, I was like, ah, it's a superhero film. What? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. stupid. Well, I mean, I guess he has superpowers, right? I mean, that's what the, the Shining could be seen as. Well, yeah, but to go from the, the Shining to this is a. Uh, I mean, hey, it might work. Uh, it's kind of, is it kind of like <laughs> Avengers? <like? laughs> yeah. Um, so, Danny Torrance, um, all grown up, still carries the trauma of the out, uh, Overlook Hotel with him. And like his dad, um, has like anger issues and a drinking problem, um, which dulls his shining powers. Um, but once he embraces sobriety, um, his powers return and he uses them to help people. <clears throat> In particular, he meets a young girl who has like really good shining powers and abilities. Uh, but she has been targeted by a group of people who want to kill her and absorb her powers. <laughs> And that's the synopsis of Doctor Sleep. Uh, it is directed by Mike Flanagan, who recently directed the adaptation of Gerald's Game on Netflix, which was actually quite good. What was that about? Um, <clears throat> it's about a couple who are having marriage problems, and they go away to the secluded cottage, and uh, they decide to maybe spice up their sex life. So the guy handcuffs his missus to the bed rails, and she starts to get really uncomfortable. Uh, in the book, Like he's like starting to force himself on her, and he kicks her. Sorry, she kicks him and he bangs his head and he's dying and she is left there trying to figure out how to get out of this fucking predicament because there's no phones, they're ages away from MD. <clears throat> um, I didn't finish Think, the, think finish 127 book, days, but interesting. 127 hours. Hours, sorry. Days, hey, you imagine that shit. That would be a different movie. <laughs> 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 it would just, just be a corpse. <laughs> after a skeleton. After four days, it's just him deep. <laughs> just cuts to like... Uh, fuck it. Imagine, having to be, imagine having to be James Franco for 127 days. 
Christ. I thought that movie was alright. I liked it. I remember you weren't too keen that Neil you watched it. You I, I just find it really boring because I have this theory of if you go out, if you go out in nature, you're making that choice to be in danger. So right. fuck that guy. <laughs> he made like, a choice. Like what I remember, like, what I remember Costing like, his arm. At, fuck at him. the end of that movie, like after he's had to fucking chop his own arm off for being a fucking Spoilers. idiot. Like a uh, he goes out and does it again, doesn't he? Like he doesn't get trapped in no, a hole again. Is, yeah, like, he says I, he, he I always remember... leaves a note. You know, I mean, he always tells people where he is rather than just being like, "Oh fuck, it, I'm just going to go anywhere, and not tell everybody," and that's right. end up in that predicament. I, I seem to remember him. So he has not learned his lesson. Yeah, well, he has learned his lesson as he leaves a note, but he's still for that kind of thrill-seeking shit. But there you go. Um, so now that you heard the synopsis of Doctor Sleep, what do you think, Paco? Um, who's who's doing it? I told you, Mike Flanagan got the job. Oh, right. uh, I mean, like, what else has he done that I might know? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> all, I, all I read was Gerald's game, and I'm like, this and might is, be okay. Is he the director or is he the writer? He's the director. So, like, I mean, I think nothing about it. I mean, that premise doesn't sound too far removed from the premise for the TV show Legion, which mm. people seem to like, but I didn't Legion, think Legion's good, so um, I could enjoy it. Uh, oh. I just remembered the other film that you were going to talk about. This will be fun. Uh, I don't oh, know. One I mean, I've got. No, no. I, it was. It was. Good. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think yeah. I know. One okay. Now. I think it'll be a handicapped by its connection to the shining. The shining. Like, yeah. There's, there's no way that's gonna. You know, yeah. Make it any better. Yeah. Uh, but, I, like it might still be enjoyable. Again. Yeah. You're like it's a sequel nobody wanted. Sometimes that works. Blade Runner twenty four nine which I randomly watched the end of before the football. I f- well, I say end of, I was about three quarters in, and I was like, right, I'll just watch this for five minutes, and I actually couldn't put yeah, it off. I was it. like, I've got to watch the fucking rest of this again, uh, man. Sometimes so it doesn't work, though. Like Samantha Darko, the sequel to Donnie Darko. Didn't watch it. Which oh, was fucking it. woeful. Yeah, you do get fucking shitters. Or American Psycho 2. <laughs> that is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Mila Kunis is in it. It's terrible. And then I never watched that. Ah, it's it's guff. Anyway, so <coughs> right. move, moving on. Oh, I've just I've had a wee quick look at this Mike Flanagan guy. Okay. Just to see if he's got anything that I've seen. He has fourteen director's credits. Mm-hmm. He did the Ouija Origin of Evil, which I believe is the second one. Oh yeah, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Uh, he did Hush, which was quite Hush good. Hush is good. Aye, the one that's on Netflix. Somebody yeah, mentioned but, that to me. The Deaf Woman. Oh, that's a good movie, man. That's... Yeah. Hmm. He also did. The, he also did the first Oculus. I think. As well, the guy from yeah, my work started listening to this. Solid enough for the genre this week. Well, there you go. Then that's yeah, yeah. that's that's okay. I'm 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 more. Well, I say more interested. I'm fine with it. But I like like what you're saying, Paco. It's but The Shining's one of my favorite horror movies. It really depends on how they're going to make this work because this yeah. this is pretty fucking fantastical. I mean, like. <clears throat> Being that it's based on Stephen King stuff as well, like that premise also sounds kind of reminiscent of the Firestarter stuff. Oh. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of mm. level of. Uh. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't. I, I know so little about it that I cannot form an opinion on that. Okay. Um, I mean, we were talking, well, this has kind of been ongoing, about um, Fox possibly being purchased by Disney. Um, Comcast have officially offered in cash sixty five billion for it. 
I mean, that just sounds laborsome. How do they? How how much room would sixty five billion in cash actually take up? I know, right? When they say depends on the size of the notes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like, man, sixty five billion. Holy shit! But in cash, but I yeah. take it the in cash part doesn't actually mean physical money. It just means that it's not like. Yeah, so they'll, they'll, they'll do a transfer. Yeah, it's because what Disney <laughs> yeah, were offering not... was like it was like fifty three billion plus stock. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. they're like, no, nah, we'll give you like this up front, uh, and that'll be that. Um, again, it's like you know to try and stop Disney having that monopoly. I personally would rather Disney got it because it means that Marvel will have some of their property back. Well, there was there was, there was some stories were saying that Fox were considering splitting splitting the assets amongst okay. the two of them. Hmm. All right, but in saying that, because Deadpool is doing so well, I think Comcast would be like, no fucking way, that is a cash cow. We want that. So, we'll wait and see. Um, well, see. I thought I think the reasoning behind Comcast buying it is because I think they're wanting to move into the streaming market. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't think it's so much for them to make movies. Mm. So, I would imagine a deal could probably get made between everybody that oh. everybody benefits from it. Oh, we'll wait and see. Um, <clears throat> John Bernthal, who is currently... Um, Shooting the second season of The Punisher, um, he is in. Is he's the actor that plays The Punisher? Yeah, he's uh, negotiating to join uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale in James Mangold's biopic drama Ford versus Ferrari, um, and the story is about uh, how both car makers are trying to win Le Mans in 1966. Oh, okay. um, uh, ben Benthal was going to play a character I can't remember the guy's name, but he ended up I think owning Chrysler or making Chrysler. Um, so, again, it's a biopic. That's piqued my interest. Uh, I don't know anything about that story, but it's got some good do you characters know what Le- in it. Lemon is? Yeah, it's a race. Do, well, do you know specifically about it? Uh, no. It's like a 24 hour long endurance race. Alright. Um, do you only know that from playing video games? I know that because of Gran Turismo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I knew that it was a race and that Steve McQueen was in a film uh, about it as well. Which I haven't seen, but it wasn't very good apparently. <clears throat> um, that could be interesting. Like that, like yeah. genuinely, like a. I'm not even being funny. Like if that gets the right kind of vibe, like road movies are always kind of good. Like ones that are competitive. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like I mean, again, it, James Mangold at times has had a mixed bag, but he's been doing all right recently. So I'm fine with that. Um, uh, the other last piece of news, again, it's slim pickings this week, folks. I, well, I say I apologise. I'm not in the movie business. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm only checking it out the same as everyone. Ruben Flesher, who is doing Venom, not literally, he's making the film. Um, <laughs> said, how, do, how do you know? Well, I don't know, maybe him and well, Tom Hardy, who knows? Um, so he's basically said that the look, the look and the inspiration that he's wanting for this film uh, the names that he mentioned was John Carpenter, Cronenberg, and an American Werewolf in London. Now, I mean, they're all quite like yeah. very practical effects, maybe. Mm-hmm. From what we've seen of Venom already, it is not the trailer. Well, I don't know, like because uh, the trailer that was a rush trailer. That was we need to get this trailer out soon. So once we get a better trailer. Um, we'll see. If they do Venom with practical effects, mm-hmm. then that actually increases my expectations for that film. 
but Venom, Venom will be a digital effect. It will, it will be, but like 100. at the same time, it might have some practical elements to it, but it'll be overall a digital effect. When you think about it, though, in twenty eighteen, you could probably make a good Venom, like in an actual kind of practical capacity. Like, you know how you always go on about you can't do Mister Fantastic in films. Yeah, so it looks silly. I think Venom's the same. But I think that's only the case with Venom because it's CG and it, like if you're going for that kind of oily looking substance, like it always has a tendency to look really cheap and shitty. But like if you're actually using things that like you know look like oil but uh, are solid in real life, I think that could end up being all right. It depends on how detailed you make it. Like if you've got like you know if it's if, if the whole suit looks smooth as fuck, it's just going to look like a guy in a rubber suit, right? But like if it's mm-hmm. all kind of like sinewy and stuff like the the comics always are, but there's you know it's always kind of made up of like millions of tiny little strands rather than one thing. That could be pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, the way they tend to draw Venom nowadays is the suit's more like a kind of living thing. So yeah. you want, mm-hmm. so I would imagine they'll want to kind of capture that aspect of it. Yeah, and that's a digital thing that's going to do that. In twenty eighteen, they could. They've. It just depends on how much money they're going to spend on the effects. I'd imagine a lot if they've landed Tom Hardy for the Spider Man spin off. Like, I, I never watched the most recent Final Fantasy. Eh, Final Fantasy. What Fantastic Four thing? Like, I know it's supposed to be it's shit. It's not good. Uh, shit. Yeah, but uh, how do Miles Taylor's uh, stretchy powers translate to the, the big screen? Do they look alright? I don't even remember seeing him stretch in a trailer for that film. I, I vaguely remember them being okay. Hmm. I didn't really have an issue of it. See, the thing about the new Fantastic Four film, though, you can pinpoint exactly when the film starts to fucking not dive. Uh, yeah, you can, you can see the terrible wigs uh, Kate manners to where you just you can see they don't give a fuck about the film. Yeah. They just they don't even phone it in. They just look bored. And it's like there's a precise point where you can... Like you're like fuck that it is there. Well, I mean, to your point of this venom stuff, though, like that that, that statement that you've made is like something that like a lot of people cry out for in it. But like whether or not they actually go through with that stuff is like a yeah, different it, story. It's like lip this pay just it's paying lip service to the fans, yeah. knowing the kind of names that they'll want. Of course, to yeah. hear. Yeah, it's like and when... fair enough. They might have the intention of having that kind of influence, but when it comes down to it. A big budget studio superhero movie, and it's not being made by Disney, so yeah, something will probably fuck it up somewhere. Well, that's the thing. It's it's kind of like when a director says, oh, "I'm a real fan of the original, so I'll take care yeah, of this," and I, they yeah. fucking yeah. Like, goof up. The one that comes to mind most readily with that is a uh, when Robert Rodriguez was talking about doing Predators. <clears throat> he's like, "Oh, I'm such a huge fan of the well, original." He didn't direct that. I know, but I, he was set to direct it at one point, though. Yeah. Like when it comes it, out, it'll still have have had a hand in it because he produced it. So. Yeah, no, my, my it'll always be for me when Rob Zombie remade Halloween one and two. Yeah, yeah and how he just did not understand yeah. anything about that. I, I've been over this before. I don't understand if someone can say they're a horror, they're a fan of that, and then the, they do things the worst thing they could do, and that is they humanize the boogeyman. You're well, like, let's you let's move on from this conversation before yes. I never <clears throat> coast in the shell and how much they fucking missed the mark on that one. Right. Okay. Let's. let's oh, that's move a on. terrible film. It's yeah. An awful film. Um. Okay. So that is that is the news, gentlemen. As I said, Slim Pickens. Uh, first trailer we're going to talk about. Tim Burton's live-action adaptation of Dumbo. Um, right, see, before you kick off this, I've, 
I rewatched it just while we we're kind of getting ready there, mm-hmm. and my whole thing about Dumbo, I don't really remember the cartoon that much. It was good. I remember some really racist stereotype type crows. I remember that it's all about the elephant flying. Yeah, that, that I remember. I don't remember the crows even. Mm. He joins the circus, and at one point, yeah, they like, sing, they sing the song. Have you ever seen an elephant fly? Right. But like, is it not? He's already in the circus though. Before they find out, he can fly with his big ears, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, because like yeah. he's about to like, right, okay. pretty much plummet to his but, death. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, let me finish what I was saying. We'll oh, get to okay. that. Man. Jesus. <laughs> um, right. So he's in the circus. You see him getting raised up on the plinth. Then you see him fly. Yeah. Trailer ends. You now do not need to see that film. You have um, seen that elephant fly. Surely it has some kind of basic moral. Or... The, the way the trailer starts is kind of like <clears throat> you see you see Dumbo looking out of um, a cage, and his mum's been taken away, and then he's found by this family, and then he's in the circus. There's a lot of names: Keaton's in it, Colin Farrell. Um, there are more. I just can't remember. And I then, think Ava Green's in it as well. Yes, uh, is Dumbo a CGI character played by Andy Serkis? No, by any chance. Uh, no, but he has a big CGI character. Yeah, and he looks cute, and there, there is a lot of cuteness in the trailer. Really? I thought it just everything seemed so garish. Everything was so Tim Burton. Well, that but is... like, right. I quite I like a lot of Tim Burton stuff, but there's See? a lot of stuff which is just so. Tim Burton. Yep. Christ. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes I know exactly. That, and this is how this to yeah. me. This was I'm Disney's bitch, Tim Burton. Like we've we've had this conversation in the past, I'm sure, but like Big Fish is one of my favourite films. And at the same time I completely agree with you, where like sometimes you just look at something and think to yourself, Fucking Tim Burton. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Um I mean I, I liked Frank and Weenie, but I'm like, man, this couldn't be more Tim Burton if it tried. Um, and I mean, I like a lot of it's stuff. Like, it's like he's his version of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that that cool this, me. this trailer reminds me of that. Like in terms of its style, style. and the way it looks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not into that. I want Dark Shadows, Tim Burton. Um. Well, did you not see um, Mrs. Peregrine's home <clears throat> for like Mrs. for, for Mrs. Harry Potter ripoffs? Yeah. yeah, Mrs. Peregrine's was actually I really enjoyed that until like, the third reel, and okay. it just it did not stick the landing. Right. The whole kind of third act of it was just really seemed really poor and didn't really work for me. Yeah, there's a film, but I I really enjoyed that. But a lot of that was um, Ava Green's performance in that film was really really good. Yeah, she's, she's like a golf Catherine Hepburn. Good. Very yeah, stoked. I have thought about watching it. Same as there's like a film he brought out that just kind of went under the radar called Big Eyes, where it's about Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah. Um, is married mm-hmm. to a painter, uh, and he's she's paint. She has has a very specific way of painting certain things, but he passes it off as his own work. But that's all I know about it. I think that's based on a true story. Aye, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's based, based on, on a, people on Shakespeare's life in it. <laughs> <laughs> What yeah. was that movie called with the whole conspiracy thing? Like Shakespeare wasn't the one who actually wrote all his work. Oh, yeah, Roland Emmerich's. Uh, was that Roland Emmerich? No, it was I think it was one word. I can't remember what it's called. It was it like, of a C. So it wasn't like the Bard or something like that. No, uh, I can't. Oh remember. fuck! I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, but that was a Roland Emmerich. Film. That was Roland Emmerich. Yeah. <laughs> Shite. 
It looked shite anyway. Was it not? Is it Risa fans that's uh, Shakespeare? Tommy, would you say that Roland Emmerich is the real natural disaster? Wow. <laughs> uh, well, um, uh, I don't know. Old anonymous. 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 That doesn't mean yeah. I'm Neil. What are you talking about? <laughs> B7 is the Earl of Oxford, isn't it? There you uh, go. Rafe's Paul is William Shakespeare. Wow. Um, yeah. Are you going to watch that, Paco? No. There's no Stargate to it. Spoilers. Definitely not. <laughs> um, okay, so next trailer. Um, the Girl in the Spider's Web, which is the fourth of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, uh, right. It's, you... so the, it's the first not to be written by the original writer. Aye, oh. Steve Larson's dead. Aye, it was... aye Steve Larson, that's aye. Aye. Uh, So... Um, was it the same person who directed all of the foreign versions no. of it? No, no it's uh, Fede Alvarez that did the Evil Dead remake. Which I liked. Um, yeah. I, the only thing, the only problem I have with this trailer is I'm not sure about Claire Foy as Elizabeth Slalander. I think she's a bit hokey. I, I don't rate her as, a, I don't so rate her as an actress. This, uh, this is unrelated to all the ones that are out so far. Like Fincher only done the first no, one. No, no, it's, it's a follow-on. The, the Fincher one... You ignore the Fincher yeah, one, yeah. But this but like, is a follow-on from the. Why not use the same? Trilogy? Oh, I suppose like Daniel Craig was in. No, that's the remake. When it. Aye, Daniel remake. Craig was the remake. Uh, was it no, 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 Fucking Namira Pachi. Yeah, yeah or was, was Pachi. Was she? In she was in the 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 original ones. Yeah. Yeah. So why not use her? Know, maybe because Claire Foy is probably cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's a different production company making it because it's an American film mm-hmm. whereas other ones were Scandinavian right. see that's, that's uh, what I'm saying though so it's like it, it's, it doesn't really fit though it's like it is a continuation but it's not like do you uh, know what I mean like it's a continuation in terms of it pushes the character forward but it's not yeah it's yeah. arguably not a continuation of that of that series. particular series yeah, yeah. in um, terms of yeah yeah Claire Foy is very hokey in it, but the trailer looked alright. It looked like a, a decent wee story. Um, but basically, I, I thought the trailer in this all kind of goes back to what we've just been saying about it not being a continuation mm. compared to the ones which have come before it. This one seems like a very slick Hollywood action thriller, mm. as opposed to what, what we've seen before and being kind of more like. Solid kind of detective kind of thriller type mm. stuff. Yeah, or a courtroom so, drama. The second yeah. one was a courtroom thing, wasn't it? Th- this yeah. trailer's had this trailer had a lot of explosions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I again, it's uh, Claire Foy really did kind of annoy me in the trailer. So I'm like, I will watch this, but if you don't pull this off, uh, this fucking franchise is dead. It'll make money. I'll make money, but I can't. I don't know. And then it will die. They'll make a new one. Drink. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, I don't really remember the sequels that well. I remember like loving the first movie mm-hmm. and thinking the other ones just didn't quite live up to the potential. Well, the first one's yeah, like, I like. I like the second one. The first the first one's like a murder mystery. The second yeah. one's like a road movie, and the third yeah. one's like a courtroom drama kind of yeah. thing. Um. Oh, it's the third one that's the courtroom drama. Ah, ah, that's the yeah. Hornet's Nest. Hornet's Nest. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second one's a girl who played with fire. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Ah, right. They were good. Because that's the one that's all about her dad. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Yeah, yeah. And her brother. Like her brother's brother, yeah. the, the boxer yeah. that can't feel pain. Yeah. Total Bond villain-esque. Yeah. Um, the last trailer um, is The Nun, which is part of the Conjuring verse. Uh, is that a thing? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, ever oh, since oh ever, because like Annabelle is like part of that. Yeah, right? ever since Marvel, everyone's looking at what Marvel's doing, it's like, well, we need a Conjuring verse. Same as they tried to do with Tom Cruise's The Mummy, but then that fucking was shite, so that was that. Oh, I, I read somewhere that, that that might not be dead. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They won't spend the, as much the, money the, on it. Oh no, it'll be getting it'll be stripped back, but the there's a chance that it might come back. I really want to see like the Russell Crowe movie. Uh, oh, Jekyll yeah, like, because like he was because he was the best thing in that. He was month. simultaneously the best and worst thing in it. Yeah, and even like the worst thing, he was like bad in an entertaining way. Yeah. like an entire <laughs> movie of that, like when you could just get drunk and fucking shake your head, going. Why the fuck did they spend money on this? So bad, uh, could be could be worth so a watch. Fucking shit. Um, but yeah, so the, the we've had um, we had the Conjuring, Conjuring Two. We had Annabelle and Annabelle Creation, and now we're getting the Nun. I think it's the Tall Man or the Slender Man. Slender Man. Is yeah. it? But the no, Slender Man's a different thing. The Tall Man's. Uh, well, there you go. Um, the tall Conjuring man. verse in Annabelle Creation. They kind of there's a. Because again, because they they now know that this is a con- there's a universe and we're gonna have characters, they push a lot more of like, well, you're gonna see this character next or this character at some point. And at one point, you see a picture of the nun and get a brief backstory of like, oh yeah, that was taken Romania and this in this so year. What's the script? What's the deal? Uh, basically, it's a, a nun origin movie. It's a nun. What is it like? She's the first nun. No, like what's <laughs> no. what's what's scary about nuns? Well, it, other than it's the fact about that it's about angel. a haunted convent, from what you can see. It just it looks atypical. It's like oh, it's a it's a haunted house film uh, where the nun is haunting people, or is she trying to help a one of her fellow nuns? You don't know. Probably not. You know, it's it it looks very like any kind of Hollywood yeah. horror film. Just looks whatever. See <laughs> the end of the Conjuring two. <laughs> Spoilers for it. Has not seen it, but it's ancient. Uh, the nun's not the main villain, no. like the main ghost. No. It's when they get back to their own gaff in it. Aye, the nun Aye. is just the nun is just there. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like how Annabelle is just there in the Conjuring. She doesn't really play any part of it. It's like does she know bookend? Is she not at the start and end? Aye, they go in... Yeah, aye. Yeah. They talk about her in the yeah. start. When the... Is it the Warrens? Yeah, when that... <laughs> when, when they talk about... And again, I always thought this was... I, I like The Conjuring a lot. Uh, yeah. But this yeah, was... this was. I always thought this was just fucking daft. Is like when they go to their house and they have their wee room of evil. Where yeah, they've got all their fucking yeah. wee statues and shit that's all... And, and Annabelle's sitting I, there I in a wee throne. You're like, fuck I, off. I, Why would you keep I, that in the house with a child? But you kind of would about, do at the same they time. Totally, they totally would do yeah, that. Yeah, you totally would. Given that they're actually based on real people, that is probably a real one. Aye. Real con artists. I mean, <laughs> yeah, luckily being that, you know, in, totally in the real world, that room would have just about as much evil uh, spirits in it as this one does, which is exactly zero. Like, so, yeah, it's I, again, not I know, in, in the conjuring. I don't know, you, you eat a lot of Kingdom Suppers, Paco. I used to like quite back a in the day, spirits. like, a, I, I, it's been as, a long as, time. Oh, Oh man, that one, that fucking fell through the floor. Like, moving office at work and stuff and, like, just the change of hours and everything has uh, led to a regression in my old ways. Like, uh, <laughs> yesterday I bought my first two-litre bottle of Iron Brew in, like, fucking two months. Mm. <laughs> like, I've had takeaways pretty much every fucking night. Like, uh, yeah. Have you moved to the city centre now? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the Marvel bod's on hold for now, man, until I get my routine back, back up to snuff. <laughs> on the upside, I haven't ate asparagus in like a week, so that's good. Well, well, uh, that's probably good for the evil spirits in your room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but that's that is the trailers, gentlemen. Um, so let's I'm sure I, I saw one or two of them before Super Troopers, but like I cannot remember what they were at See, all. I don't know if we talked about the one about Ryan Gosling playing Neil Armstrong. I think we did talk about that last, we last week. It. Yeah, um, but if we didn't, long story short, Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong and went in them. Cool. I'd watch the shit out of that. Well, it's it's gonna happen if uh, if the like completely ramp up the visuals for that sort of thing, where it's like mm-hmm. you know the the cinematography is like on a level with a uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I would, I, I would like that. I would like that to be this generation's the right stuff. Well, what's the right stuff? Like I've heard that name. I've never, never seen the right stuff. It's a good movie. Film, what is it? It's about uh, Chuck Yeager. It's, it's a film about Chuck Yeager and uh, all the American test pilots who were like in testing all these experimental jets and stuff like that, and, and it's about getting to the moon. Oh, right, okay. Like, uh, there was an episode of Quantum Leap that was also similar to that. Uh, <laughs> that was on. after the right stuff. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend you watch the right stuff, Paco. How, I think it will. How think difficult is that going to be to find? It, it's not difficult, but the only, no, thing, diff- the only thing is it's like three and a bit hours, so... Prepare yourself. I, is, is it like I, a, I think it's a, I think it's the kind of film that Paco yeah, will enjoy. Like that, it sounds like, like the sort of thing that I would like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still want to watch Lawrence of Arabia as well. Again, I I, I want to see that. Um, I just there's you know, that's you like know a, like that's it's a Sunday afternoon. It, it's been a while yeah. since like I think I've, I've came out with something that makes everybody just fucking shake their head uh, because I didn't know it or whatever. But like up until I played. Battlefield One a couple of weeks ago, mm. I didn't I didn't realise that Lawrence of Arabia was a real person. I thought he was a fictional character. Right. Okay. Hold on. I want to take this further. Right. You thought he was a fictional character, right? Yeah. I want you to tell me because no, 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 no. Just what do you think Lawrence of Arabia is about? Well, I mean, I've got more knowledge about it now. Right. Damn. Uh, yeah, because of Battlefield One, because of video games. It's great. They're, uh, they're educating me. But, like, yeah, the only the only context I'd ever heard Lawrence of Arabia mentioned in was with, in relation to the movie. So right. I just, I didn't realise it was, like, a biopic. I thought uh, I thought it was just a war movie. Right. Uh, so, like, when he showed up in Battlefield 1, I was like, hold on. Okay, <laughs> like, hey, how did they get the rights to that? <laughs> um, I think, I, think uh, I read a quote... <clears throat> Peter O'Toole is the lead actor in Lawrence of Arabia and uh, he's known for being a bit of a hellraiser, a bit of a drinker back in the day and someone did say like you know how was the shoot and he says oh, I was as pissed as a wet pillow <laughs> and I was like a wet pillow? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah I, like, I, Essentially I like, he, he is like cutting about uh, Arabia like uh, just like getting in the way of the Nazis basically like he's just like doing like guerrilla style tactics to to fuck them off is the impression I got. I was half expecting uh, you maybe do what uh, Will Ferrell and Kirsten White did a couple years ago and goes like, silver linings play, like, oh, the bit with all the silver, then that guy comes. And he's like, you get out of here. You get out of here. Yeah. Right. I fucking love that. But like, the, the other thing I'll say about this as well is that like for some reason, 
like a Lawrence of Arabia is forever kind of jumbled up in my mind with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> Just because they're both about deserts, even though they're not really. So like, well, the, one is one is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a Hugo Weaving and is something to do with drag queen. Yeah, right? Patrick Swayze, Hugo Weaving, and a few other folk. Yeah, Aaron Stamp. Aye, fucking General's odds in it. Uh, is Terrence Stamp not the lead guy? I thought I thought it was... Fuck, I've not actually seen it, but from what I know of it, I thought it was Hugo Weaving. Was the lead from guy. what I know, it's Hugo Weaving. see the Patrick Swayze. Are you not thinking of two Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Damn Julie. I am. I am. What the hell is now, that? That's the name of a film I did not think I would ever have to talk about again. Is that any good? No. <laughs> Again, a Patrick Swayze is in drag in that film. Wesley Snipes is in that Wesley fucking Wesley Snipes film. is in that as well, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, a... uh, yeah, so that is... That is... That's it? Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, <coughs> she is. No. Uh, so, do you want to talk about, like, the... Like, what, what is the film of the week? Is it Hereditary? Is yes. it Super Troopers 2? It's not Super Troopers 2, it's okay. Hereditary. So, do you want to tell us about Super Troopers 2? Well, I mean, have you not got, like, other films that aren't in the same I, I have well? some other things that Actually, I can discuss, yes. yes. Yeah. I'm really but, looking forward. Well, I we kind of talked about it when he was watching it, but, Neil, what was Gods of Egypt like? Oh, <laughs> oh man, I watched that, no, right. but that movie is bad. <laughs> All right, I'm not going. I'm not going to start with Gods of Egypt. I'm oh. going to lead into that okay. because oh, I also man. want to find the text message that I sent you about it. I've got like a fucking low. Bar oh no, I wrote, I wrote it down. Stuff, yes, did you I write it down? down? Right, because I've I've got my phone's through there. I can go and message. No, no, no. It was. Uh, do you know? It took me. I, three I, wrote, days. I wrote bullet points. It, lo- it took me three days to watch all God's Egypt because, like, I kept getting so fucked off with it. Like, I... all right, okay, we're, you we're, seen start, Tommy, no? we're just gonna we're just I, gonna go. I fucking we'll just say God's Egypt because so, I'm here. Go, I, have, go I to... haven't seen it. Uh, I seen the trailer, and that was enough. And then so... I heard you talking about it. And from what Neil Neil's kind of sold me on it, but he says uh, you should no I, way I... be sober watching it. <clears throat> yeah, I would actually, what that. he said was he goes, but you should totally just get pissed and watch this uh, and I'm, like, well, I'm not going to do that right now but I will do that it's, it's one of Jared Butler's finest movies oh 100% uh, <laughs> she is the best thing in this film yeah so like, it, it tells the story of uh, Horace who is played by Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones Nicholas uh, yeah Nicholas Coster Walding we yes. uh, where like he is like a god uh, of Egypt and a, his uncle, who's played by Jared Butler, I think he plays the character of Set, is that right? He does play Set, yeah. A, like, he doesn't like Jamie Lannister's dad a, being like the, the kind of main ruler. So, like, Osiris, played Osiris. by Brian Brown. So, like, he, oh, wow, really? He kills yeah. him, even though like his brother like doesn't have any feud with him. And then like he immediately attacks Horus and like a, exiles him he, from the land after stealing he, his eyes. He essentially has a uh, performs a military coup yeah. of Egypt. Well, he, he takes over. It's, it's does, essentially the story of the Lion King. Does any at any yeah. point does Lord Actually, Arabia yeah. come yeah. in and help? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the story of the Lion King. It's set in the desert. Ge- General Butler is Scar essentially. All right, uh, I'll And then this yeah, all right. Like uh, Jamie Lannister is Simba. Oh uh, man! So again, this he, is a this is an Alex Proyas film. The man who made the crow uh, and I Robot yep. shat this out. <laughs> it's so terrible. Oh, I mean, it doesn't even right, look good. Okay. So, right, right. What, once uh, once the military coup happens, there's this guy uh, who played by Brent, Brenton Fwaite. Right. Uh, his character's name's Beck. 
Um, like and he's nowhere near as cool as anybody else you know, Godbeck. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's um, like a new day Brendan Fraser. He he is <laughs> the most whitest of white meat baby faces yeah. you will ever see. Right. Like you can practically see him standing at a fucking like a college level stage play, like a just boring the fuck out of room of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, his character is so horribly earnest the whole way through. It's terrible, right? right. So he go he goes and gets Horace's eye. He steals it from from set secret underground bunker, which has all these mad traps. Which they know what the traps are because uh, Beck's girlfriend, Beck's girlfriend, who works for Rufus Seal, who is had the blueprints because he's the architect. Right. Um. She gets murdered, which is what sets right. him on this campaign. Yeah, so a- yeah. so after he's stolen the eye, Seawolf <clears throat> finds out that they've uh, stolen these plans. Uh, she gets killed, and Beck decides, all right, I better go find Horace, because Horace can uh, bring her back from the dead. Right. Horace can't do that, these powers, because he's not the, the king. Uh, however, uh, Horace decides, I'm going to lie to this guy, and tell him I can do these things if you kill if we kill Set and get his and eyes back. Get his eyes back. So right. that's the premise. Right. They go to kill Set. That's it. That's the big deal. So I'm going to run you through the bullet points I made. Right. For this. Can I ask a question before you start? Yes. That's what it's written on. Is Jeffrey Rush the space dad? He is a Ra, the sun god. Wait, that was Jeffrey he is Rush. The space yeah. That was Jeffrey Rush. <clears throat> I, I was going to so, ask what it was written on, but it's a Tesco Club card letter you've written those on. It, it's my receipt for my shopping. <laughs> Carry on. So, my first bullet point hmm. fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I may have been a little. Under the influence. Yeah, you weren't sober. But yeah. I was I was the perfect level of stone for this film. Because <laughs> as soon as it turned as soon as you turn it on, it looks like a fucking Dino De Laurentiis movie from the early nineties. Mm. Let's see the start of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Where he's sitting talking about I've got to have the steel boy, Crom and all that. Aye. And it's that shitty background because they're supposed to be sitting at the top of a mountain. Aye. Everything looks like that. Because it's a, such a CG mess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It looks like it looks like like it was rendered for a PS3 game. Yeah, it actually, like it has. Oh, it, it feels like a video game movie as well, doesn't it? Like it's got yeah. very distinct stages where he fights yeah. bosses. I'm already uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm warming. So my next bullet point, and I'll. I'll uh, apologise, none of these are actually kind of in order of the film. That's alright. Uh, is Ra Flat Earth yeah. Space Monsters. <laughs> I mean, that's and not it, so much a bullet point, it is just a collection of random it's more, statements. It's, it's an observation. <laughs> like, Jeffrey Rush plays Ra, who is Gerard Butler's character, Seth's dad. Yeah, and no. he was the dad of Ryan Brown's character, Osiris. Right. And essentially and, he spends his time cutting about in the upper atmosphere, fending yeah. off a giant worm. Yeah, so he, he's, on, he's, on this, he's on this space barge, which yeah. is towing oh. along the sun. Oh. So he's responsible for the sun going up and sun going down, which you see happen in the movie. There's a day-night cycle, and that day-night cycle is he brings the sun, 
you find out that Earth is a flat disk, oh, and it goes and it comes cool. under the other side, and there's nothing on the other side for there is only the lands of Egypt, and to keep the sun in the sky, it has to fight off this space demon monster thing that's very reminiscent of Galactus from Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, All right, that's Except where you went. Because, uh, I just well, it also uh, kind of looks like a Sarlacc pit as well. I just thought uh, a Nidhogg. It came out making me think of the Nidhogg. It's, it's not wormy enough, and yeah. it's also got kind of vapour, which is why I went Galactus. However, being Ra, being the goddess of all the gods, mm. obviously he's got some very powerful gear. So when Big, Big Jerry Butler cuts a bit going, you never loved me, da. Why did you put me out in the desert? But you gave my brother all this stuff. Uh-huh. Ra kicks off, and he's got his big space gun, and it is essentially uh-huh. a laser gun that fires the rays of the sun. But whilst he's doing that, he goes fucking super saiyan. Yeah. And he just goes yeah. all, he like doubles in size and and glows all these flames and just sitting there baked like fuck me man this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> you're going Wah! awesome man it's great good god <laughs> so it, it, it big Jerry Butler right? fucking shit but big, big Jerry yeah. Butler this is Spartans I'm off the barge oh, <laughs> like it uh, kicks him off his boat no no he, he stabs him stabs with a spear him. thing Aye. because and this is my other well, another bullet point, Jerry, right, essentially the gods have got their human form and then they've got their Iron Man form, which they turn into. Uh, they turn, they, they grow big. Well, I suppose it's more kind of like a Mechazord type thing. Right, where, they, they become yeah, like big metal representations of animals. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, so like big Jamie Lannister grows wings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big Paisley becomes like a dog type thing. However, <laughs> part, part of Big Paisley's plan, right? Right. He's been. He's can been. Can I just stop for a second? Like a Neil is referring to Gerald Butler as Paisley. Big Paisley. I think because, we call it. We've called it that a couple yeah, of times. Like, he, he comes from a, a place called Paisley in Scotland. If anybody happens to be listening to this who isn't from Scotland and Which, can understand it, as another thing, he keeps like his accent just keeps dipping out in and out of. I'm kind of a bit posh, but no, I sound like I'm from Fergusley Park. Right, carry on. Right. It's like, right. Yeah, he, he drops he drops the posh when he needs to be a bit of a cunt. Yeah, when when he's been a dick, <laughs> he's just pure paisley. Uh, uh, so I so he's got this plan where he's started a war because he wants to take over the entire flat earth. Right. Um so he goes about killing all the gods who who wouldn't he kneel before him mm. and stealing all their god powers. Which is like a total video game. Yeah, it's like right. a Mega Man game right. where once he's killed somebody, he gets their power. God of so, <laughs> so you get this scene where he's in his armored form, but they're kind of doing, uh, they're like building, rebuilding him, right. putting in like here's the heart of one of these gods. Oh, I that. I, I, you get some, uh, somebody else's brain. Yeah, he puts somebody right. else's brain in, and this makes him like super. Super saying God level saying yeah. when he does who, who stuff. Who plays the actor? Like who's the the guy? Is it is it not fucking Chadwick Boseman? Who no, plays it, that guy. Oh no, it is Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, it's Big Black Panther. Man, Wakanda forever. 
and he's got the worst. He's terrible in it. He's really Absolutely bad. Man, he's great as well. Yeah. He's got that. He's got this really bad English accent, put on English accent, and he just punches about like a pure dick. Aye, he's essentially going um, to be like a crapper version of Sean Connery in a the Last Crusade. Aye, yeah, he's kind of like that. So you've all, oh, you've also got big Electra Nachos from the uh, Daredevil TV show. Uh, she's, I can't remember who she, what her character's name is, but she can convene with the dead and see what's going on in the land of the dead. Uh, because, um, which turns out not much. Yeah, not a lot <laughs> happens. Either did. But, well, no, some stuff does happen because that's Seth's other big plan is the space demon that's chasing his da uh, is also um, it's part of the land of the dead. So he break, wants to break all reality, let this thing come and eat uh, the Nile, which would essentially destroy the world, and he wants to rebuild it in his own image. What the fuck? This is yeah. level yeah. upon levels of stuff happening here, man. Jeez, what? This film is two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It takes, a, it takes some going to get through it, man. Like, uh, well, no, no, I, I disagree. I, I was... I was with it the whole way. Man, like, I love Stargate. But and, like, I this has got, like, a lot of the shit that you get from Stargate in there. But, like, I, it yeah. took me three attempts to get to the end of this film. Like... <laughs> so, uh, other things that I found really hilarious. Um, big uh, Paisley's mode of transport. He has a giant bug, which is connected to his uh, chariot, and it flies. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> It's, uh, you see that that's um, when he goes to kill the bird with the wings. Oh, yeah, he rips her wings off. Uh, yeah. Mean uh, uh, in, in order to kind of halt Seth's plan, Osiris goes to his dad because he wants to get, um, he needs this stuff so he can put out Seth's fires mm. and it's space water. So, like, I don't know, Neil's description is actually more entertaining than the film itself. You probably don't need to watch it, I would say. Oh, get Because you'll also see other, such, you'll see other such sites as assassin women riding giant snakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Is that part of, is that what, is that big <clears throat> Nacho's crew? No, no. No, okay. no these are just a, kind of a good day. Right. These are just a uh, mid bosses, like they're just bosses. Right, Think, okay. Things for Jamie Lannister to beat up so that people don't get bored. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, and a fire, and there's a fire pyramid as well, which, okay, why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> get ripped and watch Gods of Egypt, folks. It's fucking amazing. I'll, I'll maybe and do a really that. bad. What, what made you watch this? Like, because it's not even you. This is like it's on years Netflix. old. It is on it's Netflix. on. It's on Netflix. And I, I think I said to you ages ago, Tommy, that I will get ripped and watch that one day because I'll find nothing else to watch. Yeah, I'll, be like, I'll and get giddy and watch it. It happened. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I will I, never, ever, I will never, ever watch it again. I remember distinctively, I, I like, I, like, eyeing it up a few times on the Netflix queue and just being like, I know that's going to be fucking dreadful. Yeah. And at the same time going, I know I'm also going to watch it. <laughs> like, I'm <Nice>. just going <laughs> to... Oh well. What else you got? What other movies you watched this week? Uh, uh, what else did I watch? I watched uh, Django Prepare a Coffin. Is that the sequel uh, to Django is... Unchained? No, that's probably nope. one of the original Django's, which I've been told's good. Um, technically it's not. 
Because okay. I had, I also did a, I'd kind of deep dive into the Django lore mm. because uh, there are at the moment there's 61 films, yeah, which either has the character of Django, a representation of Django, or the actual Django. However, right. there is there is only two which are official canon. Which is which Attack are, of the Clones with Django Fett. <laughs> uh, which is the original Django with the Franco Nero one from I think it was 1966 ah, it was like late 60s. Uh, and its sequel which I can't remember the name of but is also Franco Nero and takes place was made in the early 80s right. and takes place in Colombia of all places okay. uh, so there's are the only two official Django movies mm-hmm. the rest are all just Using the name. Okay. I didn't even realize so, Django was a thing. I thought it was just the Quentin Tarantino movie. I didn't. In, in Django Unchained, uh, the original actor uh, is in it. When he asks um, Jamie Foxx, uh, what's your name? He's like, Django. And he's like, the D is silent. And he's like, I know. Right. Like, As a shot of tequila. That's the original Django. Okay. I think. Okay. So this one is 1968. Uh Kind of jumping on board the whole spaghetti, spaghetti western craze, uh-huh. which is going on at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of Franco Nero, it's Terence Hill that's playing Django, right. who you might remember. I don't know, Tommy, you're more likely to have heard of uh, Terence Hill and Bud Spencer. Um, uh, well, they, kind they... of Italian comedies from the 80s, okay. early 80s. Okay. Um, this is quite, it was actually quite good. Okay. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it's about uh, what happens is uh, there's a corrupt politician um, who wants Django to kind of come and join him, do his dirty work for him. But Django's like, nah, I've been around this business too long. Wants out, so takes his money, goes up the road with his wife, tries to move west. Uh, but this guy the, uh, who is called Barry is well, it's his surname, not his first name. Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> David Barry is a bad guy, played by the German actor Horst Frank. Oof. Um, was actually really good in it. Um, so this Barry has Django... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he has his wee gang right. trying to track down Django. They kill his wife. Uh, they leave him for dead. And they all fuck off. So it jumps forward in time. Django's now a one gunslinger and who's also taken on jobs as uh, executioner so like hanging people right uh, however when he hangs all, a lot of the people who he's been made to hang are actually innocent people this David this David Barry is trying to steal all their land alright okay uh, so Django uh, fakes the hangings and sends all these folk away to a wee secret location and forms a gang from them right. so they can get out and get revenge. That sounds all right. That does actually yeah. sound pretty decent. Um, and it plays out like most of these kind of westerns of, those, of that yeah. era. Uh, the gang aren't really that great. Mm. Django gets captured. One of the gang goes rogue because they steal all this gold. Uh yeah, it was good. I quite enjoyed it. Cool. Well, it's a film of the, because it's a film of the sixties. Uh, it's quite fast cuts. Mm. Like 
it's very direct and to the point. Right. Like you have your seat, and then it's chop, next scene, chop, yeah. next scene. The, the way a lot of those kind of films are. Yeah. Uh, Terms Hill's <clears throat> quite charismatic. He's uh, pretty good as Django. He's not got a lot of chat. He's that man with no name type character. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does a lot of kind of work with his facial expressions. He's got, um, he's not as quite as strong as Franco Nero. Franco Nero is still the definitive Django. Mm. Um, what else? Plot's cohesive. Uh, it's relatively well written. Got some decent dialogue. Uh, pretty much all the characters have proper arcs. Set, there's some quite good Western set pieces. Uh, the soundtrack's amazing. Um, Are we talking the typical, kind of main... typical Western? Oh, I, it's spaghetti Western yeah, to fuck. But actually, the soundtrack... Um, it's by the the Reverberi uh, Reverberi Brothers, mm. uh, and the the sample from this uh, this uh, the band Narrows Barkley sampled the soundtrack of this for Crazy. Okay, like the kind of bass line of it. All right. Uh, yeah, it's good. No, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> As if you want to see it, it's out on uh, Arrow Video. Hmm. Uh, if you two want to see it, I'll give you a loan it because I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, give it a watch. Yeah, I re I rewatched um, uh, the Coen Brothers as True Grit uh, the other night as well. Still really good, man. Oh, I really enjoyed that one. Still that. really, really good, man. I really enjoyed it. It really kind of just in terms of the Coen Brothers, it just it re- like that, especially with that and like No Country for Old Men. It just shows their diversity as filmmakers. You, you should really go back and watch a Blood Simple. Yeah, I will. Blood Simple. Simple. Yeah, like it takes <clears throat> it takes a while to get going, but like after watching No Country for Old Men, like a when you watch Blood Simple, you can see where a lot of it comes from. Like, aye, well, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, <clears throat> folk, folk are saying, no, you should really give Old Brother We're Out There a second view, and you might like it. And I'm like, okay, no, I'll put that on the list. Blood Simple is you, totally you not, not like a comedy. No, man, I just, I, I, I just didn't gel with me. Didn't yeah, fair gel enough. With me. Um, yeah, I, re- I rewatched yeah. that. I rewatched a few things. I rewatched Ocean's Eleven, which it's just a really cool film. It's a really slick, cool little. Uh, film and I, I don't every now and then I just have to revisit that and I'm just like man I really enjoy this I love the <clears throat> I love the soundtrack and I just I, don't know, I just think it's just a it's just a really cool film that's the way best way to put it uh, the other thing I watched was I rewatched Robocop 2 which is really underrated man that's a great film like you can under, it's you can see why people dislike it though if they mm-hmm. like the original Robocop and they were already yeah. adults when the sequel came out I had issues with Robocop 2 like and, and uh, for a while, I'm like, why the fuck's a child involved? But then you're like, no, that makes sense because Robocop can't kill children. It still doesn't make him any less annoying when he's on screen. Though. That's true. Oh, he's a wee dick. Yeah, he's a wee dick, but I'm fine. Like, I mean, like when he dies, you don't really care. Like, there's there's a lot of like Robocop one had like some really satirical kind of tongue in cheek stuff in it. But, like, it, it had like a really well Verhoeven vibe to it. Which yeah, uh, but the second one does feel really gimmicky and. Like well, it, it, it places. Oh, it's Irvin Kirshner that did the second yeah. one, who did the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So, um, and it's co-written by Frank Miller. Like I, I do like the second one a lot as well. Like especially there's like a lot of visuals that stick in my mind from watching it as a kid. Like a uh, like the design yeah. of RoboCop Two is fucking great. Well, we talked about this. We were discussed as well. It's 
Murphy's story arc is actually really it's it, there's more to it. It's not just a remake. You're like, ah, there's a yeah, it fleshes out the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I mean, again, like you said, gimmicky, but he's got a, he's got a proper villain in this yeah. one. You know, because the most he's the most he's got in terms of what to fight in the first one is the Ed Two Hundred Nine. And Which again is pretty cool. It is, yeah. But then you've got Kane, and even his story arc's kind of cool as well. Um, Tom Noonan still is probably a sweetheart, but remains one of the creepiest people you'll ever see in a film. Yeah, yeah. he looks weird. <clears throat> yeah. What, what's your favourite bit of Robocop 2, Tommy? Oh, I, I can answer this for him. Right, on you go. It's the part where they are going through all the designs of the potential new Robocop 2, and a, one yeah. of them is like a skeleton thing that like takes its head off and screams at the camera <laughs> before just flopping over. I, I, that is that is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you see, the first Robocop, it just comes out, it goes, you are under arrest, and then it short circuits, and it stops, and I'll shoot, then it shoots a doctor, shoots somebody else, and then it and shoots itself in the head. And then the sirens go off, yeah. and then the second one just lifts its head I, off. I, I would have accepted that one. And it just falls to the ground. And you see, uh, that, you see that the old, sequence is brilliant. Yeah, you see the old man just like, 90 million. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, it's great, man. I fucking loved Robocop too. I think it's, it's, it was just, it was like, again, I hadn't seen it in a wee while, but it was nice to revisit. I've seen that, me and him, me and Paco watched that skeleton scene a bunch of times, man. You sit and laugh at it. You can't, you can't not laugh, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah. I, uh, I can totally understand people dislike it. In the same way that, like, Predator 2 is, like, so much more, kind of just, immature than the first one is um, I still like Predator 2 yeah. and like Terminator 2 and 3 like Terminator 2 is like the best of these kind of movies obviously but like it totally paved the way for what happened next and stuff and like all the kind of Asta La Vista baby uh, you call him moi dickwad stuff like all that is like totally I could understand why someone who loved yeah. Terminator 1 it, couldn't wait to get that in could you you love that, that's that the stuff that makes me love just saying like Terminator 2 yeah, is that, a fucking that, fantastic that's the stuff movie that ma- yeah, all those wee bits of the stuff is what makes me think the Terminator one's still the better film. Terminator one is the better film. Terminator yeah. two is a fucking amazing action movie. Yeah, it uh, completely we... paved the way for the mess that was Terminator three with like the John Elton sunglasses and the talk to the hand stuff and all that shit. Would I see John Elton? Is there even a person called John Elton? Too I don't think that's Elton John. Yeah, Robocop two. Yeah, I could. When if someone says I don't really like it as much as the first one, I wouldn't argue that. I'm like, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Robocop one is infinitely better than Robocop two. It's the Robocop first one's good. best film ever made. It's up there, man. It's great. Uh, Robocop was... one, like I, I haven't seen anywhere near as much, but like I, that is still a great movie. Like I still couldn't oh, like. Amazing. I, I mean, I, I know the the major kind of beats a Robocop one. Obviously, like you know, he gets like completely decimated by a gang of robbers, basically. Yeah. And then, like, reconstructed, like, he loses his memories and stuff, but, like, his partner still remembers who he is, and, like, over the course of the film, he regains some of his former uh, life. he starts yeah. to remember who uh, he's Alex Murphy. But then, like, he realises that the the criminals are in league with OCP, which are the yeah. company that kind of made him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, like, he kind of roots them out. Like, it's, it's essentially like an revenge story, but also just, like, him cleaning up the city, right? Aye, and it's, yeah. it's got satire in there as well because you've got like all the fake adverts and then you get like the news and all that and Ghost, uh, Ghost, uh, <clears throat> Robocop 2 has some of that as well but again it's because Verhoeven did the first one Does he ever use like a kind of big spike in his fist in the second film? Uh, no, I don't Because he, he fucking uh... kills somebody with it in the first one, didn't he? Like, he Aye, he fucks up Clarence Bodiker Aye, that's how he killed Clarence Bodiker um, In the second one Nah, he just uses a lot of guns There's this really cool bit <clears> about <throat> raiding a drug <clears throat> It's like a, a drug lab 
and there's a, a guy has grabbed a baby of one of the workers of one of the like slave yeah. labor and he's like threatening to kill it and he just kind of he points at the wall and he targets it and it's like what you know what I know and it just ricochets yeah. off and gets and I was like that's cool as fuck but apparently you can do that in Cyberpunk 77 <laughs> sweet I like how you've truncated it from 2077 to just 77 what a cool kid what a cool kid <laughs> uh, right well uh, Neil have you did you see anything else uh, apart yeah from I've, I've, got, I've got one more film that I watched right. um, Galaxy of Terror currently available on Netflix that sounds fucking dreadful uh, <laughs> right well cool. it's, it's a 1981 sci-fi horror film we're not produced by though. Roger Corman yep we're, we're uh, off that terrible Roger start. Corman's the one who did all the really bad uh, Marvel movies didn't he no he did he did Fantastic Four the, the, the 90s one he also did Captain America yeah I think so <clears throat> he, did, he did a lot of stuff in the 60s with Vincent Price yeah, ex- exploitation stuff. films, but yeah. at the same time, he's responsible for getting Francis Coppola, Martin Scorsese, yeah. Spielberg, and all that their first gigs. Right, he gets he gets a lot of grief as a filmmaker, but he's got a good eyes a producer. Aye, absolutely. For low budget, vet, well, ultra low budget kind of genre films. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. I'll give you just a couple of the highlights. Uh, people you might know, uh, Robert England. Yep. Very early role for Robert England, yeah. and he's the best thing in it. Of course, a course, Freddy Krueger, and yeah. he was in V. He was in V. I think this predate this predates V. Aye, v was so. a well, yeah, it was like eighty two, eighty three, something like that, because yeah. that's before Nightmare on Elm Street. Erin <clears throat> uh, Morin, who played the Joni Cunningham in Happy Days. Oh yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, Sid Haig, who's a old horror stalwart. Uh, probably best known to you two as Captain Spaulding in The Devil's Rejects oh, and Case of a Thousand Boxes. No. Man. You'd know who that is though, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the guy who's dressed like a fucking clown in those movies. Yes. Man, terrible. <clears throat> and Grace Zabriskie, who is Sarah Palmer in Twin Peaks. Ah, yeah. See the one, did you say it was Erin Morton? Yeah. What's her character in this movie? Like, what, uh, does, what does she do? Like, what's she like? Is she like a space goth? No, she's not a space goth. Right. Just, I'm asking because, like, there's a character in Destiny called Eris Morn, and I'm wondering if that's based on this. No, Because, no. like, they, they pack Destiny full of references all the time, so, like... Mm. Well, that's possible, but I doubt it's very similar to the character. Uh, okay, so, basic plot. plot. Uh, a res- uh, rescue team lands on a mysterious planet, in order to find survivors of a a previous crash, uh, the previous crash, they got on site. They find everybody's dead. Uh, one of the rescue team gets murdered themselves uh, by what looks like a tentacled alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn they all try to leave. Turns out their ship was damaged on landing. So and there's also an electrical electromagnetic field which is preventing them from leaving even when they get repaired. Classic. So yeah. So they do the old Prometheus slash aliens and also what actually feels like what was a mission in alien isolation. They go for a wee jog. They find this alien pyramid. Do not waste alien isolation because I have not played that yet. 
it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it just goes on. To, it just goes on that. too long. Uh, okay, <clears> so they find this alien pyramid. Uh, some of them start going a wee bit kind of, wee bit off, not quite themselves. Some of them start seeing stuff, things that they fear. Um, and the captain guy decides, right, I'm going to go down this hole and I'm going to see what's doing this. And they're going, no, mate, we'll do it. We are subordinates. This is why we should be doing it. He goes, no, mate, I'm your captain. I'll do what I want. And he goes in this hole, gets murdered. So it's it's kind of it's kind of like a low rent alien because yeah. I think this is out it, just after it, Alien. It sounds very much like it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, it's that whole haunted house in space kind of thing. Yeah. But instead of there just instead of it being a creature as such, uh, it's an alien entity that. Um, it preys on your fears and creates uh, visions and situations where your fears come to life. There was an uh, episode so of Star Trek that was like that. But keep going. Yeah, yeah there was. Eh? <laughs> um, so there is more of a kind of. It's not so much just a mo- like a monster running around. There is a more kind of psychological element as they all start going mental and they all start fucking about and kind of fighting with each other and you get that kind of uh, everybody's all kind of like the thing yeah, yeah. a wee bit and that uh, nobody nobody trusts anybody everyone's tired no one's yeah. anymore uh, and I'd say like the the aesthetic of it's heavily influenced on like aliens um, the cast are actually alright like everybody plays a bit um, it's not there's no real depth to any characters a lot of them are just uh, space fodder mm. uh, but the couple of main characters that they do kind of focus on they're alright their stories are not too bad um, the kind of main arc plays out relatively well and it's not a, not so much of a happy ending which is quite good. Um, one thing which I found weird, well, actually, I don't really find it that weird now that I think about it. It's because it's produced by Robert Corman and it's in the 80s. Uh, there's a weird rape scene in it, kind of where this, where they find a dead body. Uh, big, big Sid Haig dies, right? But he chops his arm off beforehand because he gets infected by this thing. Uh-huh. And so they come along find Haig's body, they burn it, and they see his arm lying there, and it's all covered in kind of space worms. Uh, so they burn that, but one worm doesn't get burned, oh. and it instantly, and it grows and becomes this giant space worm type thing. And this space worm, you think is about to eat this lady, but it's only eating her clothes, and, she, and she's a total kind of 1980s, big boob blonde horror mm-hmm. kind of bird so for the next couple of minutes it's this worm derobing this woman getting her all kind of slimy and then it humps her was and then, this, she, then this, she died was this out before but, or after Evil Dead what, what year was this Neil sorry 81 I think it's the same year Evil Dead was out yeah. yeah but then nothing happens 
like I thought, right, okay, they're going through this process. It's an alien kind of alien style ripoff. This worm's going to impregnate her with something. But it just doesn't. That'll be where we're going forward. Since we get the alien, no woman just dies. So worm fucks off. Because right, so that scene is this worm. Because is that that, that was her fear. Like because like the, the whole thing be that preys on your fears. So this woman's fear was to be humped to death by a giant space worm. I mean, like, wouldn't it be more basic just to say her fear was to be raped rather than possibly? But why? Why did it have to be a giant space worm? That I mean, made it... you work. You work with what you've got. You <laughs> true, but uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's only an hour and a half. It was all right. Uh, I was not have against you, what. Have you seen the movie The Alien was based on? Kind of loosely, that was it like Dark Star or something. It was called. Have you seen that? The Dan O'Bannon and what's the other guy's name? John Carpenter. It's not John Carpenter. I'm thinking of. It's like the two writers. They wrote Coral Alien. No, it'll be wrote... Dark Star then. No, because Dan O'Bannon was it not? I it was Dan O'Bannon Dan and is it? What the fuck is our guy called? Uh, is it Roland Schlesinger? Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Hold, hold on, I've got IMDb here yeah. right now. Dan O'Bannon wrote Dark Star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that Dark Star? is not really an alien ripoff. No, it's not a ripoff. It's what kind of uh, Alien is supposed to be like the serious version of that. Like Dan O'Bannon says that, and the alien. Oh right, okay, okay, right. Uh, but have you seen that? Years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long it's, time. It's like a, It's pretty much a student film uh, that Carpenter made. Yeah. What's the other guy's name? The other writer, Alien? Tizak, I'll tell you. Shusley, is it? Wait a second. I realise this is terrible radio. No, I apologise for the listeners. Um, but the reason that like Dan O'Ban <laughs> got involved with Alien was because uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky got him and the writer and various other people when they were going to do Dune and that fell apart and then they... Yeah, having befriended each other yeah. went and made Alien Love. Somebody's Alien. watched the documentary. Jodorowsky's Dune is great. It is a great It's a, it's a very good documentary. And, uh, uh, Ro- Ronald Shusett. Shusett, yeah. Right. Uh, you, it's only a story credit though. But you haven't seen it? You, none of you, none of you guys have seen Dark Star? I haven't. Uh, not not in the time frame that I could properly yeah. comment on it. Right. Yeah. You should watch Jodorowsky's Well, I remember the first thing I thought coming out of Jodorowsky's Dune as like Paco would have fucking hated his version of June as well as Lynch's. <laughs> like you just would. It would. It would have been a fucking psychedelic, yeah, crazy I mean, piece like, of shit. But I don't I, know, man. Like I've got room for that. Like a oh, whether or I, not. I, 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 no, because if you think David Lynch is wanky, Jodorowsky's quite wanky as well. Because Jodorowsky, I don't think he even read the novel of June. He was told the premise of it. All right, and I'm, wanted, I'm out. I'm out. And what? <laughs> and just became obsessed with making it. And then it's like. Some of the stuff that um, he was going to have Paul Atreides do and that, you're like, that's not... In, I mean, I've not read the book, but I know that's not in the book. What, what was he going to get Paul Atreides to do? Well, for one, he, he was he cast his son as Paul Atreides and had him train for a year <laughs> to get into shape in that. Right. But it was something that I can't remember specifically. It was something like Paul Atreides' blood was going to mix with something and he was going to have this big sequence where it was like the blood enhances like this... I can't remember specifics. I just remember thinking at the time, Paco would hate fucking everything this guy's got planned. Uh, I wish it had got made, um, but 
there's a legacy to them because there's a giant book of like costume designs and ship designs and all that that was all painted and made and that's done the rounds in Hollywood and you actually see at the end of the documentary like some of some of the House of Trades uh, like clothes were later made for Skeletor and Masters of the Universe. Oh, right. uh, there's domes that were made because like, again it was um, it was the man who fuck I can't believe I forgot his name the man that uh, created uh, Alien. Uh, shit, the, the the designer of Alien, H. H. R. Geiger. Yeah, he did like concept work for it as well. Now, all it really is is Jodorowsky went around a bunch of guys' houses and was like, "Listen, I'm a filmmaker. I'm going to make this film, but first, let's smoke this giant joint, and then we're going to talk about it." So, like, <laughs> are there any, kind of guy. <laughs> are there any current like a plans to make Dune an, an actual proper movie? Aye, uh, Dennis Villeneuve's doing it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing cool. Two parts. You just call him Dennis. So it's Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> Denny Villeneuve, uh, he's it's a two-part effort. Good, good. Yeah, like I trust. Yeah, I remember these conversations. I completely trust them with that franchise. Mm. But like, uh, if there's any movie that, like, you know, from the the depths of sci-fi's backlog that deserves to have like a proper a proper attempt made on it, man, it's completely June. I still await uh, the stars. My destination. Yeah, um, I really don't want Ridley Scott to do that though. Oh no, no. Like no, he no. was the one slated for it though, wasn't he? That that man shouldn't be allowed. To- he shouldn't really be allowed to do anything. His right fucking now. movies are so boring, man. Um, or it's he should be hired as a director, but given a script that he's not allowed to fuck with. Um, yeah, I mean the Martian. If I just good. give a big Villeneuve all the sci-fi stuff, just give it all to him. <laughs> he's a new guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so let's talk about films that were out this week. Okay, I'll talk about Super Troopers two first because, like. Being a comedy, there's not really much to say about it. Yeah. Uh, and you guys have both seen the other one, I suppose. It's Hereditary, yeah. Uh, so, Super Troopers 2 uh, is very, very much a, a kind of rehash of a lot of the stuff that happened in Super Troopers 1. Like, uh, they are the Vermont Highway Patrol. Mm. Uh, this movie starts off, they've all been sacked because they managed to get an actor called Fred Savage killed on a ride-along. Uh, do you know who Fred Savage is? Right, the Wonder Years. Right, I, I, like I didn't. I, I, Did you I kept not know who he was? No, I kept thinking of Fred Willard. Like, you know what the Wonder uh, Years is, right? Yeah, that's just the wee boy, yeah. the, the main boy. Uh, so, like, you don't see any of that. Like, they just kind of refer to it a couple of times and stuff. But uh, it turns out that like there's a, a kind of border mistake between America and Canada, where like a, a town that's in Canada is actually on American soil. Uh, so. They get hired because they kind of know that kind of stretch of Vermont and stuff that's kind of close <clears> to the Canadian border, and uh, they've kind of done the job before. So this is like their kind of shot of redemption. They get hired back on in a two-week trial period uh, to, you know, potentially potentially become the highway patrol for that area again. So they displace the the local Mounties, which instantly sets off a feud between them and the Mounties, very similar to the feud between them and the local cops in the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the original cast are there again. Um, the the plot is paper thin and purely exists as just a a reason to kind of get all these gags, you know, in some form of kind of sequential story. That's mm-hmm. um, order. Yeah, uh, it doesn't repeat jokes as much as you probably feed it does. Mm. Uh, it does repeat them a couple of times, but it more often than not references them in a way where, like, it doesn't feel 
cheap and shitty. Like, it references them where they say, do you remember when this happens? Mm. But, like, the conversations play out the way we would remember something funny that happened years ago. Right. Do you right. mean... So like it's not it, just yeah, audience it, service. Yeah, I mean like well, I mean it kind of is, but like it, it feels like a bunch of guys remembering the past. It right, doesn't okay. feel like shoehorned in. Uh, the couple, ah, it's, of, it's not, it's not like a family guy cutaway guy. Yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. couple of times they would actually just repeat jokes, or like the meow thing, mm. like that completely feels shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem the film's got, like I, I would say overall, like it's kind of enjoyable, right? I only laughed out loud maybe three times in the whole film, mm-hmm. and uh, those were all in sequences where people were made to feel physically uncomfortable. Ah, right. Uh, like you, the rest you, you of it, did tell me yeah. The, the rest of it is all just kind of snigger material. It's like kind of kind of funny, yeah, but you yeah. know, a lot of the jokes don't land. Yeah. Uh, still, Can I ask a question? Yeah. I saw Super Troopers years and years ago. I think probably when I lived in Spain. And I don't really remember much That's of it at all. Not important. Well, but my question is, if they're referencing old jokes, will I get the benefit of that? I maybe not. not remembering those jokes. Maybe not if you don't remember them. But like at the same time, it's not like they linger on it. It doesn't like right. you know the the conversations don't take up an entire scene. They are more just like. You remember when that happened, then they move on with what's happened in the current right, film. Yeah. I I don't think you really, you know, if you've liked the original movie, you're obviously going to get more enjoyment out of this one. But like, it's not a total essential thing because like the plot in the first movie wasn't exactly, you know. Yeah, it was very. I mean, it was. Like it was, you said yeah, it was. It, it was, was an more, excuse for practical gags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I yeah, I enjoyed the first the, one. The the problem with this one though is like, I mean, it's 2018, and I. I don't want to go down that fucking left wing like political route again, man. But like a lot of the jokes, one particular joke runs throughout the entire film, and it's just a outdated sexist gag, uh, which doesn't work at any point. But like they just stick with it for the entire runtime of the film, uh, right. and like a lot of the other humor is just like mild racism to do with accents. Uh, you know, it's like it's either them taking the piss out of Canadian accents and like more directly, like some proper full-on slurs about French people, or the Canadians uh, taking the piss out of their American accents. Like, um, so that's but they do that to counter the fact. It's like, no, no, it's alright because they take the piss out of us as well. Yeah, but the thing is, though, like I don't think. I mean, is Rob Lowe Canadian? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I got. Thought, I thought he was American, but I got the impression that like the three Mounties that are in this, like a. a I, I don't know, like I don't know who played them and stuff, but I got the distinct impression that they were all American actors just trying to, right? You know, do the thing. And, like it didn't work. Like the accents are all fucking terrible across the board, mm. uh, and like so much of the movie is filled with that. Mm. So it's like it just doesn't work. And like they they double down on how annoying Farva is. Like Farva was the fat guy from the first film who's just mm-hmm. an obnoxious asshole. Like he gets so much more screen time and is just a prick for no reason for so much of it. Uh, like the the rest of them as well. Like in the first movie, like I think a lot of the appeal was that they they do feel like, you know, a bunch of mates who have spent a lot of time together and they fuck with each other. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like a lot of it is just them kind of being dickish in a pally way with each other. Mm. Uh, that doesn't really happen in this. They don't mess with each other uh, mm. throughout the film. Like, they mess with Farva, but it's more mean-spirited. Right. Um, 
it's you know it's predictable and stuff. It's it's not going to win any fucking awards. No, it's not going to you know. <clears throat> I would imagine there's like a few people who really like Super Troopers, and this is going to be something that they end up watching repeatedly. But like, there are so many better comedies out there. This isn't terrible. It's not bad. Well, that's it's like a, a decent time, but like, in no way is it like something you will remember and repeatedly watch. Aye, like, well, I mean, that would be mm-hmm. my question: is being someone that loved Super Troopers the first one, yeah, and you. I'm talking you, right? You love that film. You watched the second one, so in your opinion, it's like, yeah, go watch it, or just be like, nah, it's forgettable. You don't really need to watch it. I mean, yeah, like watch it, like especially if you've got a Cineworld card and it's not going to cost you anything. There's a worse mm. way of spending ninety minutes of your life, right? Okay, uh, yeah. which like is a total sounds like a damn with fate pays thing, but like, um, it's it's a good time. It's not a great time. Okay, that's uh, fine. You know. Going with, with your expectations tempered is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, Brian Cox is kind of good in it, but like, he... Do you remember like, Karen Allen in the most recent Indiana yeah. uh, Jones, Jones movie? Where mm. like, she just seemed really aloof and just like, someone had brought her out the fucking shed and she was just happy to be noticed. Like, Brian Cox has got that vibe about him in this movie. Like, he just kinda... Is it possible that Brian Cox is just there... To get some cash monies, like yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he completely yeah. feels like he's phoning it in. Uh, he's got some funny gags in it because, like you know, he has the the stern, a uh, kind of guy uh, yeah. in charge kind of thing. Uh, but, like, but, like Brian Cox, round about when the first Super Troopers was out, which was like two thousand three, like round about like late nineties, round about two thousand four, two thousand five. Like Brian Cox, you seen him in everything. Like he was, in the he, was remake, he wasn't yeah. absolutely. Everything. He, he was in the Ring remake. He was in the Bourne trilogy. Um, He's in. Oh, well, I like Big Brian Cox. No, I don't, I don't yeah. mind him. It's just like Big Dundee. But sometimes it's like, right, okay, maybe he is just like you said. I'm here for a paycheck. Like in, in the first one, yeah. he had some really good bits, like the the bit where they're all fucking trying to get Rabbit to eat the soap because he's the rookie and they try to fuck with him, and like he's trying to give an actual staff meeting while they're fanning about. Right. He's like, oh, for like, fuck's like, sake, just give me the fucking soap and he eats it. Aye, it's like, like a teacher a, running yeah. a classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah like there's there's nothing. But I suppose back back when the first one came out. That was when he was still kind of new in Hollywood. He was kind of picking up, getting his career going. Yeah. I mean, like, in my memory, like, uh, Super Troopers came out when he was still in the Bourne movies and stuff like he that. He would have been nice because yeah. it was 2003. Yeah. So, like, Bourne 1 was 1999, and I think Bourne Supremacy was, like, 2002. Right. Yeah. Like, th- this is this is all right. It's just, it's not great. It's predictable as well. Like, you completely know who the bad guys are going to be. Like, the plot's very similar. Like, they come across, like, a just, you know, happenstance way. Like, they come across, like, a lot of contraband shit. Uh, and then it's, like, them uncovering that drug bust and they fuck up early on. But, like, this might be the chance to save their jobs because it's such yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Really similar with that. But, yeah, like, so much of the humour is just like, the whole let's poke fun at Canada stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there, there is one sequence I did genuinely like, though, where, like, Two of them are in a. Two of the super troopers are in a car with two of the Mounties. Like they get forced to kind of work together a bit, and a the the Americans have been just shitheads to the Canadians the Aye. entire time, and a they mention something about how the Canadians are just servants of the Queen. Like don't don't they all have the Queen on their money and stuff. And then uh, one of the Mounties says, yeah, maybe we should have gained our independence earlier so we can also not believe in evolution, not have gun control. And, uh, you know, it's like just like a, a real proper dig at modern America, like, uh, which was pretty satisfying. Cool. Um, 
Anything else? Is that it? That's pretty much it. Cool. Uh, Rob Lowe is indeed American. He's American. Yeah. Yes, like, I thought Virginia. as much because his like attempts at Canadian accents are particularly terrible. Okay. Um. Well, that brings us to film of the week. Um. Hereditary. Um, before that. we start talking about Hereditary, how deep are we going to go into? Do like do as best as you, I, I, do, I, I don't think we should spoil it. Do as best as you yeah, can. Yeah, I, I don't think we should either. No. Do as best as you can to talk about it without spoilers. Yeah. Okay. But then, if you want to do spoilers after that, say that you want to do spoilers. Then I will stop listening as well because I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, and you guys can finish the podcast. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't feel the need to spoil this film. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. Actually. I will keep it very yeah. brief. Um, because I'm very fucking enthusiastic about this film. Okay. And I really. Really hope that a lot of folk will see it. Yeah, our friend uh, Andy Craddock also seems to love it. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that was again like as as soon as I I mean you do that thing where you go oh Tommy Vass has checked in to watch Hereditary like yeah we all do it um, immediately after it. I don't. Well, Neil doesn't do it. Sorry, no. Neil's too cool for that. Um, I don't need that kind of validation. I I don't do it for validation. I like generally like getting comments on it and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's talking about that's my point yeah. is. So I do. I did that, and then right after it, I got a lot of comments, folks saying, "How was it?" A lot of close friends said, "How was it?" Really excited to see it. Can you tell us a wee bit about it just now? And I just went up like a very brief. I says, "Right, guys, since you asked, right, spoiler-free review." And I put it down. And I got a lot of good feedback, and a lot of folks like, "I can't wait to see this now, man." Cheers! And then they're like, "Oh, tagging our folk, check this out, man." What he's saying about it, and I was like, "Good man, I'm really happy because uh, this is one of those films where it's not a big Hollywood platinum dunes." Uh, horror films. This oh, is a, a Bloomhouse, so That's so it's it. still it still it still yeah. comes with that expectation of what a Bloomhouse film. See, I only, I only like... that Bloomhouse was a thing a couple of weeks back, so I just used it well, in the proper context, okay. which I feel pretty proud about. It is a Bloomhouse effort. That's correct, <laughs> but it's it just seems to be this kind of festival darling. Because I remember seeing a lot of good reviews coming from like the festivals it's been in, and yeah, it's got like Gabriel Byrne and Tony Collette, so you got a couple of names in it. Um, but man, like I, I'd been looking forward to it for a while, and <clears throat> it was great because you watch the trailer, and the trailer completely fucking sends you the wrong way. It is, it is not the it's not the film that the trailer, in my in my opinion, promises. And it's a good it, it's a, good, a thing. good thing. It's a good thing. So like, thing do you want to do you want to give us like a really brief synopsis then? Like a... right, Neil, you could do the synopsis. Cheers. Like, Sorry, I felt like right, I was, okay. to be I was, fair, I right, feel no, no, Tommy right. is terrible at synopsis. Just, I, 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 okay. I, I ramble. If yeah, he, he ends up just doing a play-by-play of the whole fucking film. Yeah, so you go on here. Right, Tony, Tony Collette's mother dies. Mm-hmm. You, at the start, you get an obituary for... Which is on the trailer. The, the mother tells you that she's the mother is survived by uh, Tony Collette's character, who is the patriarch, uh, sorry, matriarch of her own family. She has a daughter, a son... Uh, she's married to Gabriel Byrne, um, and it's about her. It's about Tony Collette, Tony Collette dealing with her grief. Hmm. So you see them going through the motions of dealing with grief. Right. It's, it's I find it hard to tell you the plot yeah, because yeah. it there's a there's a moment in it which pivots. Where that where I thought that film was going, yeah, relatively early on. Yep. Well, I mean, like just from the name I, alone, it's, ha- 
it's hard to talk about it because yeah, of I mean, that. What we, can, what we can talk about is what you see in the trailer, right? The trailer kind of presents itself where this is a, what, what Neil said, all of that is in the trailer. And then it pre- presents that there is a supernatural element uh, to this mother. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about that. Well, it's the, the, this is, I'm just giving a brief trailer. Right. This is all in the trailer, what I'm about to say, right? So when you watch the trailer, everything Neil said is that, but then the way the trailer presents itself is this horror film where, yeah, like hereditary. So the grandmother dying has left some kind of supernatural element on this family. Is this that Star Trek The Next Generation episode called Sub Rosa, where Beverly Crusher no, ends up with a zombie granny. space grand? No. <laughs> Oh my god, that episode was terrible. Yeah. Um, no. Um, again, basically, the way I the way I would sum it up is this is more a psychological thriller than a horror film, and it is about pretty much the disintegration of a family. Yeah, uh, it's that, about the breakdown. It's about the breakdown of a family through secrets. And mistrust. Yes. Um, it stems from the dead mother. Yeah, the catalyst is the dead mother. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's all you can really say about it. I thought it was fucking great. Um, I, I was. It's. I. It was not the horror film I thought it was going to be. Um, there is horror elements to it, but it is. I, more... I would argue be called a horror film no but it's it's kind see, of that, that was actually like a big reason why i didn't go to see it is because like generally like i don't really like horror i just don't yeah, like sitting there feeling uncomfortable for a couple it's, hours it's kind of like when folk uh, refer to silence the lambs as a horror film you're like i would yeah, say it's right, more okay. a, i'd say it's more a thriller i, I, I kind of wish i'd known I, that beforehand it's, it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable yeah it's but un- not because of horror that's going on yeah, yeah. and because yeah. of the very real human element of it absolutely uh again Tony Collette is fucking great in this movie. Like she gives, in my, I would say it's it's an Oscar worthy uh, performance. Gabriel Burns really good in it, but he just kind of is there. Yeah, um, I would have liked a bit more Gabriel Burns. Yeah, but Tony Collette really kind of carries it, and it's through her performance that you have to believe what's happening next, and she's very convincing. Um, so, in, what, in everything that is happening in the film and how she's dealing with it and how that moves the story along. So is this quite like a small scale thing? Is it like all set like in like one or two locations? Like you're making it sound like it it's is? It's pretty much... It's, it's a small town, yeah. but a lot of it happens within a house. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, there's, not, there's not a lot of locations. Yeah, if someone was to say to me... Because uh, again, you, you've seen the posters. Like, oh, it's this this generation's Exorcist, whatever. If someone I, was, I, I really wish they would stop promoting horror films by yeah. saying the scariest film since of all time. Yeah, the, yeah, the Dark Souls I, of. If if someone uh, was, if someone who was going to watch this says, right, I want to go watch this. Um, if there was a horror film that you would say, or a horror film or thriller that you would say, what would you say? Kind of makes me think of Hereditary. What what would puts me in mind of it? And I says, honestly. See if you love The Shining, you'll like this. That's that is good to hear. That's very same elements. There's a breakdown in family. There's a character going through problems and that. And it's again, I I would say if I would say also if you enjoy the films of Ty West, Mm -hmm. who did House of the Devil, uh, The Innkeepers, Mm -hmm. if you like the way he kind of structures 
I've these all, horror films. Yeah, I was watching. Whereas a lot of it's about build up intention. Who directed this? Uh, oh, it's Ari something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will just get it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, this is. It's... He's about to peak. Oh, 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 oh no! <laughs> I've, oh, I've, no. I've looked at so many things. I'm having to backtrack to my searches. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say. The only other thing I'll say is, it's probably the best horror film or thriller, horror thriller. Let's say that I've seen in five years. Why specifically five years? Because. I'll say I'll say American made as well because the last time I really enjoyed <clears throat> an American horror thriller was It Follows. That no way that was five years ago. It's about that. Well, maybe not. Maybe what twenty fifteen? Maybe so. Yeah, not five years. I'm exaggerating, but I I, I have liked American horrors and th- thrillers and of like since then. You mean Get Out? I thought Gary, I'm one of the folk, I'm one of the folk that thought Gary was alright I don't I'd, I'd still again yeah again Andy Connor who Andy Connor who's been listening but also said today that he thought Get Out was just alright I thought it was just alright I, I liked it but and I get the social commentary it had in it but like that was nominated for Best Picture but Blade Runner wasn't that's all yeah, I'm saying yeah it's bullshit um, so uh, it's directed by Ari Aster right and this is his feature debut because wow. everything else he's done has been a short. Well, that is somebody feature debut. Uh, um, I mean, obviously the shorts must have been pretty <coughs> impressive as well. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, this was just... The, the only, again, last thing I'll say about it. It was just so bloody refreshing to watch something being handled with care, done really well, and brilliantly cast, especially in this genre. So, because, there's, as I said, there's so much horror fluff that I will yeah, watch yeah. But it's forgettable, and you're like, yeah, whatever. Whereas this, you're like, man, no, this is this is a great effort. Yeah, it's something horror and anime have in common in it. It's right. like if you get a good one, it's really fucking good. Yeah, and you need to wade through the shit to find it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my when I first came out of it, and I mean, Neil briefly talked, and I was like, man, it was just like it was great. And then there's this ending, and I was still trying to digest that. And we kind of talked that out. But yeah, having said, I mean, I want to watch it again because I was really enthused about so it. So like, I realise you kind of said that uh, if you like The Shining, you like this. Mm-hmm. But like, does this manage to like be like really original, or is it like quite derivative of stuff that's kind of came in the past? Like, is it? I mean, how how heavily it, does it rely I fa- on the I, I find it. I find it quite. I mean, original is maybe not the word because what is really original these days? Yeah, yeah. I think it it builds really well. But me saying that is based on how I read the film as I was watching it and what I was getting from it. So because the way yeah. because the way I watched it the way I watched that film, I thought it felt like I was watching like just a solid family drama mm. about a woman dealing with PTSD. Yeah. That had some supernatural elements. Is there scope for people to interpret it differently, like intentionally, rather than? Yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think you will get people who will, they'll take, they will take the supernatural elements or the suggestion of the supernatural stuff, and go, all right, okay, it's a horror film because it's got that supernatural stuff. Mm. I thought all that stuff was going to lead to be kind of red herrings and it wasn't going to be a supernatural yeah. come 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of fact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's it's really, really good. It's a very well made made piece of genre cinema. Yeah. Like you but, guys are cause both because it, it doesn't feel like genre. No. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't it feels like you're just watching any any other kind of style. It doesn't feel like a horror. No. You you guys uh, are both right. I think you're horror which, as well though, so okay, it's yeah. you know, yeah, especially because, noteworthy to Yeah, again, I would say don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I like The Conjuring and, uh, you know, I like Insidious. Oh, yeah, but if, I, I, if, I like the popcorn ones but as well. If you want, if that's what you want from Hereditary, you're not going to get that. It's, yeah. It's a lot more, and that, it's, a, it's and more that's a complex why, drama than that. Yeah, and that's my kind of only disappointment is uh, it's going to be quite a divisive film. Yeah. I think you're either going to be really into what it's doing or you're kind of feel a wee bit let down because of the hype. Yeah. Can you expand and, on that anymore without ruining it or um like what about it is going to be divisive is that again because it's not like as it like the trailer kind of it it advertises it as like a it's a horror film it's like look at all these horror tropes it's got and if you go to the film and you don't get what you're i mean how many times have i said that trailer promised me that film that's not what i got yeah yeah. you see like you're kind of joe punter who doesn't really watch a lot of films or uh, doesn't go to the cinema that often. Doesn't read stuff on the internet, and they just go, "Oh, it's a horror film. Oh, fuck! It's supposed to be, be better than The Exorcist. Scary as fuck." And they go in and watch this. Yeah, that's not the film they are going to get. No, they might. They would. I would say they'll use the word. They are, they are not going. Yeah, they're not going to like it because yeah. of that. But I bumped into uh, an old friend, Colin Bennett, mm. um, on the way out, mm-hmm. and he's really into his horror. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't like it. Oh. Well. Like, it, what, like, first of all, he said like the trailer gives too much away, and to be fair, the trailer gives quite a lot away, but it doesn't do it by ruining the film because yeah. it gives you, you aspects yeah. which I felt it's not cohesive enough in the in the trailer mm-hmm. to make any sense. Yeah. So when you see the stuff happening in the film. It's the whole context around it is completely different to what the expectation in yeah. your head has been for that, mm. and I think that will also put off a lot of kind of people who have got that expectation. Yeah, I mean that, that is a weird thing though. Like you, you would like to think, especially again, if people have got like these uh, kind of cinema passes where they can watch films without any expense to them. Like when I first watched The Village, I was expecting more like a kind of slasher bloodbathy type thing. And uh, that film could not have been further from it, and I fucking hated it. Uh, I think I maybe have left before the end the first yeah. time I saw it. But then, like, afterwards I realised I didn't actually hate the film. I was just expecting something completely different. Yeah, preconception. Like, it, yeah, it totally stuck with us, and I went back and watched it, and I fucking love that movie now, man. Like, uh, like hopefully, like, that's the sort of thing where your average Joe Punter's going to go in and, like, maybe... But your average Joe Punter's not going to watch it a second time. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a film which, in time, will get the proper recognition it deserves yeah. for what it actually is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you said, is it original? I think the word, it's, it just feels fresh. It feels fresh. It feels... Gabriel Byrne like, is pretty good in horror movies as well, generally. Like, I mean, like, don't get me yeah. wrong, Stigmata is not a masterpiece, but like, <laughs> I, he was pretty fucking decent in it. He's good. He's he's good. He's decent. He's just he's not really so, a focus, yeah, to be he's, honest. He's there, but 
but yeah. it's, it's, it's Tony Collette's film. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, as I said, brilliant, brilliant performance. Great movie. Yeah. Go watch it again. Just do you like approach, approach with caution. It is not your average Friday night horror film. Have some popcorn. You're going to get jump scares. It's not that. It is more a complex drama with horror elements. So, like, do you have any it's a, it's a, of it? It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday night glass of wine film. Yes. <laughs> right. Sorry. What, you, what was your question, Pat? Do you have any criticisms of it? Uh, when I first came out, I, I, not so much a criticism. It was more just I, I part. I, I again, I spoke to Neil briefly about it, and I says I just felt I couldn't decide if the ending felt rushed or. Uh, like I mean, I still liked it, but I was like, man, I, that ending. I was really trying to digest uh, the pacing of it. Um, but is it worth a rewatch? Absolutely, I'm going to go watch it again at some point. Um, not again because I've made my mind up. But it's still, as I said, it's one of the best horror films I've seen in a long time or thrillers. Um, but I want to watch it again because it is that kind of film where I've said I've said a bunch of times, complex drama. There's a but there's a lot going on with Tony Collette's character where you kind of want to examine it a second time just to kind of see see her character's her character's evolution if you will like throughout the film and just certain things that uh, happen towards her and things that she deals with and just to kind of just to, basically to, to examine it as a performance again and just to watch how the plot and that intersplice you know it's just but again that's because I like my movies you know what I mean so I said, I mean, I love Blade Runner, but I went and seen that like four or five times because it was one of those films where I, I got something different from it all the time. Yeah. With Hereditary, there's no doubt I'll still like it a second time round, but I might take something different from it because it is that kind of film. Okay. I, are you guys, have you got anything else to add? No. 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 Go watch it. Try and, try and avoid as much about it as you can if you can't. If you can avoid even watching a trailer before yeah, going like, to it, I'm pretty sure I've I'm pretty sure I've seen the trailer, but like I don't really remember it just now. Yeah. Uh, but again, being someone that's not well in their horror, after me and Neil talking about that, and I'm saying like the shining things like that. I mean, does that well, get you? The thing is though, like you haven't out and out said it though, Tom. Like you've kind of you know you you said oh it's my favorite horror, and then you correct yourself to thriller each time. But like it just sounds to me like. You just think it was a fucking good movie, regardless of any type of genre. It is. So I, 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 yeah, I think I, the yeah. reason I was putting genre out there is because, like, well, you like need... the the fact that you and Neil both don't really have any actual criticisms of it no. uh, is like to me that's like more than anything that I, I can. Uh... I think any criticism I have of it is just really kind of silly, petty yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, like, I mean that in itself is like totally. Yeah. You know, you both seem stoked for it. Like uh, our mate Andy Craddock, as I said, like you know, Loved put it. put on Facebook. Like yeah. I just watched Hereditary. Everybody should go watch Hereditary. Like yeah, uh, I, I I totally did do that thing. Like uh, yesterday, I had the option of going to see it or Super Troopers, and uh, I had it in my mind it was going to be more like an actual horror movie, and I was like, I can't mm. be fucked with that. Like a uh, no, that's fair enough. Which is why I kind of left it. I'm now kind of wishing I had went to see it. Well, it's, uh, uh, it'll still be out next week. I get yeah. I guess like I could talk about if I go. Yeah, watch we can it, get your thoughts next on week. it next week. Yeah, because so. I mean, like we we talked about like, Ocean's Ocean, Eight. Ocean's Eight, I think, was which I think looks pretty race. fun. I I'll watch it. I'm thinking I'm ready it. for that. Um, Ocean's Eight, and then again, if you want to watch Red Tree, you can chat about that then. But um, I I really don't know if there's anything 
big we would have had that man in the wasp but it wasn't for your shitty football but hey <laughs> you know let's not talk about that's that. right it's my fault the world cup's on <laughs> you're no you're just football. that wasn't like directed at you it was like just you know all the football fans who have ruined cinema for me Oh man, so petty with that recently. <laughs> just putting shit on social media about how football's boring. He not football. let you watch the fucking oh, full game. Oh, he's such a man. rebel. It was like, what was it, Callum? Our, our good pal Cal was like, oh, best game of the tourney, and a few fuckers like, huh, I know, right, or something. I was like, I why right, are you chiming in? Right? Just too right, because it's fucking ridiculous. It's just, it's so over fucking blown, man. It's like it is, it is such a fucking redundant thing like more so I realise don't get me wrong man like I play a lot of video games and that is also a pointless endeavour but like at least you get like storytelling and subtext and the, the kind of potential for these things in games and they're way more interactive like it's not like a passive thing where you just sit and watch people kick a fucking ball like I just don't get me wrong man like if you love it that's cool whatever but like I just cannot fucking understand why it's as so popular as it is when it's like is the most basic of basic bitch things on the fucking planet is football. Mm-hmm. Fucking... Uh, I don't know, Dota 2. <laughs> Dota's more niche though, isn't it? Like, it's not basic. If someone says they like Dota, well, no, you're, you're, you're like, using the class. You're using the example of you play a lot of video games. Yeah. Dota 2 and League of Legends are probably the two biggest things. Yeah. Like, and, or it, that are the, most, most like football yeah. or... Just all right, biggest that things. Most like game. football and that genre. I, yeah. I will say, like back when I used to play uh, Call of Duty, like on online quite a lot. Like uh, that was the closest I ever got to understanding people's enjoyment of football. But even then, I was playing Call of Duty. You guys don't play football. You just watch other people do it. Fucking. I used to like, so I mean, boring. To so play, boring. Used to play football as a kid and all that. I just don't do it now. But that doesn't mean. Yeah, but like I, I would never sit and watch people play Call of Duty. Because that's fucking dull. Do you not watch people on YouTube videos like I watched stuff? Giant Bomb doing stuff, but like playing not stuff. not just sitting playing like a competitive no, they, PvP uh, game. No, but they'll play like Mario fucking Paint or whatever it that's is. Mario Party is well, fun as fuck. And yeah. like, no, nobody but wins. The point is, you're watching someone playing something competitive. Yeah, but like they have conversations about it. And there's actual stuff that happens that's more than just people kicking the a ball. Commentators talk about the game. Yeah, but like, what is there to talk about? It's the same game. It's been the same game for talk over a hundred years. Individual players, tactics, managers, who's playing for who? Rubbish. All rubbish. Aye. Okay. The Mitchell and Webb a sketch sums it up completely accurately. I'm pretty sure David Mitchell is a really big fan of cricket, and I'm like, I shut up, right? You love yeah. cricket, all right? And cricket's boring yeah, in uh, my uh, opinion like, again, but you don't see me again, posting like, fun sketches like, about it my, my problem with football in particular though is it's popularity it's like it's so many people who think it's like the best thing in the fucking world like getting tattoos and shit uh, like fucking it's so daft it's so you're such a hipster like sport, sports should be a wee hobby it should be like an oddity that people enjoy and that's what it's place should be People pay like, money for it. Same as you could say the same people thing. People pay too much money for it. You could like, say that about gaming. I mean, well, gaming. The, the, gaming is like more akin to movies and music and books and stuff. It's like you know, gaming is like a branch of that. It is maybe the uh, the lowest common denominator branch of that. It's like it is the least artistic 
branch of entertainment media. I don't know about that. It absolutely is. Like, so much of it is just. Do you appreciate fluff games bullshit. like their, their design? Uh, like you know, like in terms of like their design, how it plays out, and what kind of game it is. There's different genres, and you, you appreciate yeah, things like that. Yeah, right? and like okay. they exist, but I'm saying like in comparison to other uh, entertainment mediums, gaming is like the least artistically credible at this current point in time. Like it's definitely like studios like Naughty Dog and stuff are changing that, but like for right now, like it is. To, to equate games to art, which I tried to make the case for when I was younger and try to fucking gain validation for something that I spend a lot of time doing. Like, I, I used to try and push the games as art thing. Like, now that I'm older and don't really give a fuck about it, like, I'm very willing to admit that, like, so much of it is just trash. Well, well, yes. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, like... Uh, the I, amount yeah. of shit that's just yeah, shat yeah. out on his team on a weekly basis. If football was something like, oh, man, I like football. And it's like, oh, isn't that, like... Oh, it's fun here or there, mm. but not this like big fucking life altering thing that it is for some people. Where like, so, so, yeah, so, I'll, I'll agree with I'll agree with you there. It's so daft. And, like, the, the, like the idea that they can get paid more than like doctors and impo- actual people who are important to the planet, like, completely rubs me up the wrong way. I but there's loads of folk like that. The Queen being one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like this, you don't like the Queen. Well, it's just saying that to your point, it's like there's not just footballers out there. It's also, yeah, it's disgusting some of the money they get paid for what they do. Yeah, it's but it is what it is. Man. It's so daft. And like, it's so boring as well, though. It's, it's like. It's not, man. The, the Argentina there, there not, game was. There is decent. not enough to that concept to make it entertaining. It's mm. just people the, kicking the, a ball. The like, Spain Portugal game was a thriller. May as well be, like, you may as well just have somebody fucking dangle keys in front of your face. Like, you know, it's. That is, it's bullshit. So reductive. And uh, that was Raptors in the Kitchen. I'm Paco Rodriguez. You can find me at Paco RUK oh if you want to share your thoughts on football with us. Uh, Tommy is vast, at Vast Destruction. Neil is Scorch808. The podcast itself is Raptors Podcast. If you like the show, uh, please like it on iTunes yeah. or whatever and share yeah. it. Could you bombard uh, Paco's Twitter feed with football chat? Listeners, please do that, alright? Because he, he really fucking has invited that now. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you guys want to plug anything else? Have you got anything else to, to add? Nah, you've covered it. Nah, not really. That's uh, me. I, we, we've said it before in the past and stuff, like, no one really seems to take us up on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, send in, you know, direct message tweets on the Raptors podcast Twitter account and uh, we'll possibly read them out in the show if they're not, like, amazingly trash. Same <laughs> DM the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get involved. Like we really, really would appreciate it if you guys shared the podcast. If you enjoy it, because uh, we have no other way of gaining new listeners to validate, you know, our, our needy narcissism. That's <laughs> uh, how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Why else would we be doing this? Mm, you know, because it's fun. If not for the internet money, I know it's a fun thing that we like doing. But if we get paid loads of money for it, then or Jaffa cakes, well. or Jaffa cakes. <laughs> Or well, we were plugging Lucas Aid today as well. Lucas <laughs> Lucas Aid is pretty fucking good though. Uh, right. Well, anyway, see you next week. We should, of the we should get one of those. We should get one of those uh, pages where you can get somebody to send you a cup of coffee. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's essentially it's like it's donation essentially. But it's called a Patreon. Of, is what you're saying here? Well, no, it's not because it's it's you just donate. As you want, it's not a monthly thing, mm. and you don't get anything back from it. I, I would set up a Patreon if I wanted to just uh, 
have like a visual representation of depression. <laughs> Can you imagine how lonely that would be to set up a Patreon for this podcast at this point in time? Wow. <laughs> Well, also, like, we'd have, also we'd have to do stuff and yeah. give people stuff stretch goals <laughs> uh, anyway join us next week for what will be I would imagine a riveting conversation about Ocean's 8 where we get to hear the adventures of Danny Ocean's sister who I forgot the name of because I'm sexist or something uh, <laughs> like Neil will probably have watched more trash on Netflix. Uh, I definitely will have. I will do the same. Maybe I'll watch Gods of Egypt by then. Who knows? The GFT GFT must have a good film or something. Well, they're closed just now because of the fire. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should probably mention, yeah, like uh, Glasgow seems to be having a a run of fires recently. Like uh, the art school, which actually was on fire a couple of years ago. uh, Four years ago pretty much burnt to the fucking ground last night and took the O2 Academy with it, which is a, like an, a, a, gig, a gig venue thing right. here. Uh, Does that mean campus will be shot as well? Aye, that's what they're saying. And the big jumping jacks. And that was oh, on the, the heels of a fire in the Gorbals uh, this week. Mm. And then there was like another fire like a month ago or something. Yeah, across, uh, the, across the road. It was in Socky Hill Street. It was the, the Chinese Vicky's, above. Uh, Vicky's, Vicky's Nightclub, Victoria's Nightclub or something Aye. that was called. Uh, and yesterday was also the anniversary of the uh, Tower Block fire in London as well. Oh, right. So, now, I don't want to get all Alex Jones on this, but I think somebody's setting these fires. Well, I mean, they don't just start themselves, Neil. So, no. you know, whether or not but it's the same but person. that's all I'm saying, because right. I don't want to libel anything. Yeah, she's a lot of over in the show. <laughs> yeah, well. Right.